Welcome everyone to episode 2 part 1 of Bracket Boys. Today, you're listening to a very important episode. Very special episode. Very special. All the episodes are important, but this one is a little special as it's going to be our Halloween episode. <laughs> That's right, guys. Today we're taking, a f- what, 10? 10 horror films 20 total 20 total but today this we're season yeah we're 20 horror films some that we have gathered and some that we have taken requests from fans out there and are going to be putting them head to head with each other in a bracket uh, if you don't remember from last time the way the bracket works is two movies will go head to head once one two items will go head to head yeah this what, time what, I'll, I'll take this okay whatever no I'm just saying we can flip it up if you don't remember from last time, we start up a bracket like you would any other bracket. We have items, and we put them against each other randomly. This month, we are doing Halloween slash horror films. We have 20 films that have been selected by us and by our loyal listeners. This is episode two, part one. So we are going through the first 10 selections of movies and be putting them against each other. And then part two will feature the other ten. And then part three, which we'll be releasing on Halloween, will be the finale episode of the winners of both previous brackets. Does that make sense? So for you this week, we have ten films randomly selected to go against each other. I'm Coleman. I'm Dewey. I'm a bowl full of grapes oh like eyes can i be the spaghetti yeah and this let's get into it shall we yeah let's get right into it let's do it dude i don't give a i I will be reading through the 10 movies that are going through on this episode and then using a random bracket generator we'll start going at them and discussing which gets to move on and which gets sent home the 10 movies that will be covering this part are, gentlemen, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, Child's Play, 1988, Halloween, 1978, Evil Dead, 1981, The Thing, 1982, Alien, 1979, Friday the 13th, 1980, The Shining, 1980, The Exorcist, 1973, and of course, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. So the real question is, you know, what something I just noticed is most of our selections are from 70s and 80s. It makes sense. We tried to keep it between late 70s, 80s, and uh, early 90s. So uh, the cutoff was 1995. Yes. And, and there's no early cutoff. But I would say that the horror teen slasher, like typical horror movie thing, really kind of took off late 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's why a lot of the selections are in that like decade range. So, gentlemen, are we ready? I'm fully ready my body is ready okay okay bob are your bowels evacuated yes they are now (laughs) 
All right, well, let's get into it. The first matchup is... You ready? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Child's Play. Okay. No. So, what are we talking about first? <clears throat> All right, let's vote. <laughs> Unfortunately, this one's... I don't know, man. Okay, let's just talk about... Okay, so... What are we going with first? Well... What, Tell us a little history on the well, Texas. Well, I wanted to point out something before we get going. We can look at this a lot of different ways. We can look at... Sideways? We can look at it... Upside down? When you first saw it, what your impressions were then. Your lasting effect on on you. How you remember it. you know, Or you watched it recently. There's a lot of factors, I think, going to get, go into what makes a good horror movie. And... I don't think we can hone in on what the one thing is that we're trying to accomplish here, except one movie has to stand above the rest. Yeah. And we're just going to have to duke it out as best we can. For me, when I think of a horror movie, I'm thinking staining power. Like, what do I think about... Staining your shorts you know, like scared. Fucking God. Epic. Just like... Wow, that fucking scared the shit out of me when I saw it. But thinking about it now, it's like whatever. Yeah. Or like that didn't really scare me when I saw it. But thinking about it now, like I'm kind of spooked. Like yeah. that one scene for me. I think that, that we can argue a lot of things about this as long as it doesn't become like the protagonist or the anti-heroes or the villains in these movies going head to head, which I feel like could be a totally different thing. As long as we're comparing the movies. In some way, I think there's an argument for all of them, you know? Yes. I mean, so, right. And I will say, off top, I, as a younger kid, did not watch a lot of horror movies. I recently got into, well, not recently, it's been like, you know, like 10 years or something like that when I was like... I recently got in. <laughs> it feels like it was. because was it a personal choice or was it like you it weren't was a personal too? It was... I don't think it wasn't that I wasn't allowed to. It just wasn't something that I ever expressed an interest in. And if anything was too crazy, my parents would probably be like, no. Um, also, the few scary movies I did see as a kid, like, messed me up. Like, this isn't even, like, scary, but I saw signs and I had night terrors. <laughs> that being said, I saw signs while I was staying at my cousin's house in Tennessee next to a huge cornfield <laughs> so it it definitely added to the like dude i'm so afraid like that- i'm staying in this house yeah well i uh not a big horror movie guy uh at least growing up because i didn't like being scared little baby little baby um baby. even now i my biggest gripe with you know horror movies is like the fact that the people in the movie are just like stupid you know like a lot of the choices they make are atypical and you're like no one would be like I'm gonna do that like yeah but that's part and, of it I, and I understand like I need to suspend disbelief because it is a movie and I've been trying to be more open minded because when I saw if you listened to our episode last week on uh, Insidious when I talked about Insidious The Last Key a lot of the problems I had with that movie were the fact that like no normal sane person would do you know X or Y you know like would do that thing so at least from a me watching movie standpoint, that is something I always have to kind of like push myself over and be like, it's a movie, it's entertainment. Like, haha. Of course, no one would really like 
obviously this person would just you know get a knife and do that or whatever but so texas chainsaw massacre you want to talk about that first or should we talk about child's play we already said it's first it's first on the list so okay uh 1974 directed by tobe hooper (laughs) i already don't like it starring marilyn burns alan danziger Killing a name reading. Yeah, you know me. Budget eighty thousand to a hundred and forty thousand. You're not sure exactly. Yeah, what how much it make? Well, hold on one second. It, that's an estimated seven hundred thousand adjusted for inflation today. That's actually kind of a big budget. Uh, made thirty point nine million at the box office. Is that adjusted or not? Does not say it's adjusted. Mm. So it was a huge success. I know it was yeah. a huge success. And in 74, I feel like that was pretty early in, you know, Texas Chainsaw is pretty, I would say pretty graphic. Dude, for the time especially. Yeah, for 74, like, it's pretty it's pretty graphic for a 70s movie. I mean, um, even even the scene where the, I forget the, the name of the guy, with the guy they pick up, mm-hmm. I forget all their names other than Leatherface and, like, Grandpa. But when they like when the guy when he slashes the other guy's hand in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was even even I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's kind of grisly. First, and you know, that's something we're probably gonna be talking about a lot is like use of practical effects mm-hmm. because in the seventies, while you know, you, you know, even as far back as. Um, Vertigo, they were using computer you know, effect, mm-hmm. aided effects, and that was in 58. God, some movie buff is like, no, you idiot. Um, at least for these low, low budget quote unquote horror movies or whatever, it was practical effects or just not show it. There was no computer like fake insert blood. Yeah. So I think. At least in Texas Chainsaw, when I watch it now, I'm like, yo, that was pretty graphic. And then I'm thinking like, oh, it's 74. Like, holy shit. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even do that now with modern technologies. I'm thinking like, how would I, how would I do that? And if you're watching stuff and you're cringing at it now, at the time, like people were freaking out, especially when that movie came out and they were talking about, at the beginning of the movie, it was talking about like this is the story of these people who were like went disappeared or like were found yada 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 like it, part of the texas chainsaw massacre at the time when it was released you was there no obviously not coleman but part of the story and the reason people were going to see it is because there's all these rumors that they were it was true and it was a true story because at the beginning of the film it says that this is based on like actual events of these big people going missing or whatever mm-hmm and I think that just also adds to the allure of the movie and how crazy it was, especially at the time. According to Wikipedia, uh, it was rated X by the MPAA, and then uh, Hooper cut several minutes and resubmitted it and got an R rating. He was hoping for a PG rating. Yeah. Jesus. Hoping for a PG. Well, well at that, that time, there was no PG-13. Yeah, there was no PG-13, so that was... Right. R was pretty much like... There, it was tell, like, it was like there was nothing in between PG and R, so mm-hmm. like it was either happy-go-lucky PG movie or you got an R rating. 
Right. Which significantly significantly affects how much money you'll be making off the movie because of how many people can see it. Yes. That's why they're re-releasing Deadpool as a... They're cutting a bunch of stuff and making it PG-13. Do you guys know about that? No. Let's try and save it for the flock. Yeah, okay. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> I just think that... I mean, hell. If a movie is... I'm sure... You know, in the 70s, this was different than it is now, but like people will see a movie like, dude, you have to see this movie. Yeah. Even when I was a kid growing up, I remember people talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I never saw it, but I remember them being like, it's a, re- it's like a real thing. It's like these people got killed like by this dude with a chainsaw, blah, blah, blah. It's like, really? Like, even, even in like late 90s, early 2000s, people were talking about it and like the, the, myth that it was real was still going around you know i think um like i said it's it's at least pop culture significance is pretty high oh for sure and it being you know like i still remember key parts about that movie that was like oh shit that's kind of fucked up yeah bob what do you think yes i agree (laughs) um it didn't. I don't know if it had like a lasting effect on me because I just it. I think I saw it at an age where I, th- I thought it was more like, kind of goofy than it was scary. Like if I was a couple years younger when I saw it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have been scarier. I saw it when I was like, fourteen. Okay, I I think I saw it for the first time when I was like, seventeen or so. Yeah. So I mean, I was like, this is kind of fucked up, but I've seen way wilder shit. Yeah. Point. Right, and I think. It's been parts of it have been parodied so many times by other things that when you see it in its original form, it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah. I guess because you're so used to seeing it. And and there's especially parts where like I don't think him opening the door and hitting the guy in the head with the hammer, and then the guy like flailing around, and then him hitting again. It's like that part's not funny. But when they're like all around the table and they're like have her tied there, and they're all like laughing at her and they're like (laughs) mocking her, like. It's like that part's like watching it. I'm like, these dudes are fucking fucked in the head. <laughs> but as a kid, I'd probably be like, this is funny. Like, you know, <laughs> but maybe that's just me. It's I like would see that- more fucked up because you're older and you're yeah. like, that is messed up. Yeah. But as a kid, I'd be like, haha. Or like you wouldn't even understand. Yeah. Like exactly. What's going on. Yeah. The hammer thing is a little like whenever I see. I don't know any movie where like someone gets hit or something and they start going into like well, like a shock yeah. or something that always kind of makes you go like <laughs> the movie it's up against someone also gets hit with a hammer on that mm-hmm. I don't remember that part in the movie we're going to talk about or or the part where he sticks the girl onto the hook you know yeah oh, that yeah. part is that's some the meat hook yeah. thing yeah that part is um <clears throat> now I don't remember <laughs> You, they've done a, a remake of this, haven't they? Yes. Yeah, I did in one or just two. It was, a, it was a Rob Zombie remake. Wasn't yep. It? And I've seen that one, and I'm trying to remember if if no, it, it was not Rob Zombie. Sorry. If a lot of the shots were scene for scene, because I I mean some of them it was some of the things were similar, but okay. And this may be straying off the topic a little bit, but you know, in the remake one where they're hanging up by their arms, and it's kind of in the beginning when they're in the barn. I haven't seen the remake. Oh well, there's a part where this guy puts saran wrap over this dude's face. Okay, is that in the original one? Because nope. I don't remember. No. Oh well, sidebar. That was so fucking scary. Dude. Yeah. 
Sounds like it would he be. He fucking, okay, these guys are like hanging up and a guy just like wraps saran wrap around this dude's face and he's like sucking it in in his mouth and I was just like, yo, fuck that. Yeah. And uh, I guess I would have remembered if that was in the original because that was pretty shocking to me. Man, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about Texas Chainsaw other than like it seems like a cornerstone of like mod, like horror movies yeah like that's when shit started getting like pretty graphic also it, it, a lot of it is like a lot of crazy kills and a lot of gruesome stuff but there's also some stuff where not only them like being around the table mocking her but when they get the grandpa to like what does he do he does some shit that's like su- <clears throat> they they bring down the grandpa who's it bl- when he tastes the blood on her yeah 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 they cut her hand and he tastes the blood but like before that i thought that he was just a corpse that they were keeping up <laughs> oh, right. and then they bring him down and then he's like barely able to hold the hammer but they're giving they give him the hammer to like hit her head but he can't even hold it because he's just like he's old as fuck yeah he's so old he looks like he's like decaying grandpa sawyer that the first time i saw him i thought oh that's just a dead guy that they he keep. He kind of looks like, um, kind of looks like Leatherface. Yeah. A little bit. Like you can see the family resemblance. But, I don't know. Some stuff like that was just like, this is fucking crazy. Okay. You, you're talking about the part where, doesn't he like suck a finger or something? Yeah. yeah. It's like the cut, that's when they cut her. Yeah. How do, how do we feel about the, uh, the ending chainsaw dance? Oh, that part, um, I don't know. Is that cool or is that silly? Um, Part of me is like, if it it, it kind of, when I see that, it makes sense as someone who is probably mentally not there in a huge capacity. Because, like, later on in the lore, you figure out that Leatherface is. Yeah, and Leatherface is like mentally mentally deficient in some way. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't know. But. If I was that and, like, this whole thing was a game to me, if I lost the person I was trying to kill, I'd probably be, like, not even, like, dancing, but he's probably just, like, oh, like... You mean, like, like him yeah. flailing around? Yeah. yeah, like... I not, mean, it doesn't seem like a dance. It no, seems no, like I mean, he's, like, angry. Yeah. Yeah, the dance was... That was a, a JK. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It doesn't seem like a dance to me, I don't think. <laughs> the new Fortnite dance. You know, when he cuts his leg, and yeah. that's why he can't get her. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I do, you know, obviously, let's go ahead and say it now. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen any of these movies, we're going to probably be talking about specific parts, probably the ending. Oh, for sure. Um, I do like the fact that she gets away at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I prefer a movie that has, maybe not a happy ending, but at least a, re- I don't know. I wouldn't call that a happy ending per se, but she's not dead. So that's something, I guess. It's just because she's like laughing at the end and uh you know as she's in the back of the car getting away she's like ah ha, ha, like yeah i got away um i don't know i don't know that's how we all feel about that movie it sounds like yeah there's not much else to say all right let's talk about child's play and the first thing i'm all i'm gonna say about this movie is, is that we need the history of it okay. bob directed by tom holland nine million dollar budget Forty-four point two milli at the box office. Mm. So, Child's Play. The for me, I never even knew. I've seen the movie a few times, but I never associated, you know, the Chucky doll movies with the name Child's Play. 
Yeah. I was just like, oh, Chucky movie. Like, C- Chucky. What was... was there? There's a Child's Play 2, right? There's, there's like a seed of Chucky or four. Let me look at the history here. See, here's the thing. I know that it's Child's Play and then maybe Child's Play 2, but that's when they started doing Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky, and all that. And that was around when I was growing up in like socially aware of what was going on around me. So that's what I knew it as. And I thought, oh, they just started the movie off with Chucky. For, so for the longest time, even when I was going to go watch the movie... I like searched Chucky. And then it was, like, <clears throat> the Child. film was followed by Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, and Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Chucky's Last Stand. Apparently there's a TV show in the works for the release of 2019. All right. You know... <laughs> what can I say that hasn't already been said about Chucky? <laughs> like I said, I already said that... When I first saw... Well, I didn't say this yet, but when I first saw it, I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. I didn't think it was scary. No. And in fact, how I felt about it when I was 10 or 11 (laughs) is pretty much how I feel it now. And I'm thinking like, why doesn't someone just like kick that fucker? I mean, they they try <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I get so angry watching these child's play movies because yeah it's scary I guess because it's a talking doll but the whole time I'm thinking like yo just fucking fuck that dude up it's like two feet tall well okay he does get burned yeah I know he gets continually fucked up and then keeps coming back but yeah he can't be killed right but what I'm saying is Okay, you put him in a fire and he can't die. Okay. Yeah. The first time you realize that that weren't, doesn't work, fucking lock him in a box. Right. Right. Do Just hold him upside down or something. Does Hold him with a stick. Does someone want to talk about the plot of Chucky? Because it's been a while since I've seen it. Okay. And you just saw it today. So why don't you give us your elevator pitch of what Child Play is? So, uh... (laughs) I was like, put on the voice, the elevator. (laughs) Okay, so here he is. He's a a serial killer. Brad Dorf. He's a serial killer, and he, uh... He's on the run. He's on the lamb. He gets, uh... He gets shot a few times while he's running from the cops. Is it on the lamb... Or lamb, L-A-M. He's on a lamb. <laughs> he's on a lamb. He's, he's on a lamb. Okay, it means lamb, L-A-M, like on a flight, flying to run off. That's I what, never, that's I, was what just I meant thinking, to say. Did you uh, say lamb? No. Keep going then. I'm interested. Uh, he uh, he gets shot. He's, he's wounded. He, uh, he limps his way into a toy store. Uh, the cops find him again. Uh, they shoot a couple more times. He gets hit in the chest. He's bleed to death. He knows he's going to die. So his last-ditch effort is to use Haitian voodoo and put that, his soul into the nearest person he can find, which, which happens to be he knows a doll. He just happens to know Haitian voodoo. Yeah, that's interesting. So then a doll gets sold in the back alley by a grifter to a uh, mother of a seven-year-old kid. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happens. I like how you remember the age, too. That sounds that sounds about good as a plot. Let's hear some kills, some good ba- kills. Basically, evil guy gets reincarnated in a fucking two-foot-tall Do- kid's doll. Yeah. And 
him being a uh, serial killer and fugitive beforehand, he is uh, out to kill again because he just can't stop. Well, no, his okay. So his goal is he the longer he stays. I think okay. I think this is how it works. The longer he stays inside the doll, he will become human inside that doll. Like that doll will become a human. So he's trying to get his soul into, into someone else. Yeah. Okay. Into another. Body. I think I vaguely remember that. Again, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, you know, if someone's like, "What's Chucky about?" I see. I already called it Chucky. What's Child's Play about? I'm like, uh, "Killer doll." Like that's yeah. all I know. Like he's trying to kill people, but right. really he's trying to get a new body. Yeah, he's trying to get a new body. See, so he's, he's trying to get a kid's body. Well, no, he's the kid is just the only person who he can like get. Okay. You know, access like a, to. yeah, access to, and all the adults are trying to like stop him so he's just killing adults okay um more or less don't you hate it when you're trying to get access to a kid's body and people <laughs> just keep coming after you <laughs> all this fucking red tape um yeah it's a uh it's a very crazy movie the the real crazy thing is that he can't really die he can't die i mean he's a he's a spirit essentially he can't that's what i'm saying he can't die well, what I mean, like the doll can't die. Like no matter what you do, he's like still good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you they, like pull him apart. Or, they like, melt him down, and it's since it's just plastic. It's he's the spirit is still attached to that plastic. I mean, doesn't it like reform? I think. I think there's that's how one. The there's second or third one. There's starts. one movie where the, they're in a doll. They're, yeah, yeah, there's an doll factory. I've seen that one too. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, we'll see you all next year. Don't spoil it too quick. But yeah, it's uh, there's some good kills. It's funny. It's a fun movie. I would say it's like not necessarily scary because it's it's more campy. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think this is a good dichotomy. We have Texas Chainsaw versus <laughs> with such polar opposites in a way. Right, like Texas Chainsaw is like this is this scary. could really happen. It's, it's quote unquote based on a true story. Yeah. It's like. Like real situations, yeah. potentially. There's also no like funny parts, right? It's opinion. all like very like the whole time I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I knew like okay, it's a movie, but I was still just kind of like Ooh. some things were just like unsettling. Like the, even the way it was filmed. Yeah, I don't want to jump back too much, but like oh, no, yeah, they're like really close up on the faces, and it looks like it wasn't filmed super high quality, which kind of makes it scarier almost because yeah. it doesn't look like super movie-esque and they get into the house and it's just like super odd and like yeah. unsettling there's like bones everywhere and stuff like that um I'm trying to think of a Chucky kill that I can remember so the, it opens is his first kill as a doll is hitting the babysitter in the head with a hammer and she falls out of a window <laughs> okay that's just convenient there's a uh, he Oh, the guy who who double crossed him, or or his his associate in the beginning. Uh, you know, those serial killers have their him. associates. Yeah, I didn't understand the beginning. He's he's a serial killer, but he's uh, they're chasing him for a robbery. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, didn't he like? I thought that's what I remembered it is. Him yeah, rob- it's it's, yeah. it's kind of it a could loose be plot. he was just a robber and they didn't know. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes to his house and like turns on his gas stove and then blows out the pilot light so his house fills with gas and then blows him up okay 
it's 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 very over the top. Yeah. So like kills that a any Doll small could, person could yeah. do really. Like he has the advantage of being O Smith Smith <laughs> fit in this. Someone said we should put out a blooper reel of just all me saying things oh, incorrectly. There'd be a few of all of Smith. us. Smith. Uh, he can fit into small spaces and do crazy shit. Yeah. But I guess, you know, when I think about it, a lot of his kills come from the fact that people don't know he's, he's alive. A, yeah. So they get really close to him and then they're making themselves vulnerable. Yeah. But some of the later movies, I'm just like, yo, just fucking kick that fucker. <laughs> like, slide him across the like all the way across the floor. <laughs> he's going to get up. He's not fast. Well, the, though, other, the other movies, he, he's he pretty quick in some uses his wit. Yeah, <laughs> like in the in the one with the military school where they do like the the training exercise, but he puts all live rounds in the weapons, so they're shooting each other. Damn, like that's pretty ingenious writing. Yeah, but like how did I'm I say they're fun? I movies. don't want to get ahead of it. Yeah, like, they are kind of fun, but on the same side for me at least, there's like that hint of infuriation because I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, everyone. I feel like everyone at least knows the plot of Chucky. Yeah, for sure. Like, hey, it's just. I mean, at its core, it's a killer doll. I mean, are you a '90s kid? <laughs> I mean, are, do we want to talk about this more? Should we? Do you want to vote? Or, I mean, I'm ready to vote. I'm ready to vote. I don't think there's much more to say about Chucky, at least. Okay, well, or Texas Chainsaw. We talked about. I, yeah, I think Chucky's like whatever, but I'm voting Texas. Yeah, Chucky. You're voting Chucky. Yeah, it just hit me. I think I I have more fun watching Chucky movies. Is than fun I is what it's about for you? Enjoyment. Okay. Entertainment. Entertainment. Okay. I'm going to go Chucky. I'm going Texas. Do we? I got to go Texas. Okay. Fair enough. I like I like that you switched up and you do make a good point cuz the more we were talking about Chucky and I was thinking about all the like funny stuff that I do remember. Yeah. It was really fun. But then I think about horror movie. Well, yeah, I'm and thinking, like, yeah, I think I literally just think back to the guy fucking f- like flailing after getting hit in the head and like not making any noise. But just like spazzing out, yeah. I was like, that was like unsettled. Because normally, I feel like in, in that situation, someone would be like, ah. But him just getting hit in the head and then just not saying anything, not making any noise, just flailing around, and then hits him again, and then he drags him away. The, like, first thing that happens, like first kill in the movie, and it's just like, holy shit. I think the hammer versus guy. I feel like that's realistic. Yeah. I feel like that's what would happen if you hit someone really hard in the head with a hammer. Yeah. They would like either get knocked out or start having some sort of um, convulsion. convulsion yeah now it should be noted that these are our opinions these are not definitive statements and if anything we really want to hear from you guys or y'all people y'all people y'all pe- y'all, y'all peoples about what you think you know if you disagree with us let's disagree with us god damn if you disagree if you disagree with us or you you know have something else you'd like to say email us call our voicemail line or tweet us and uh, let us know what you think now since we're doing the first 10 it should be noted that one of these will have to go battle twice this round like mm-hmm. this this episode so Texas Chainsaw being the first one will have to defend again and we'll get into that later um, and the next two, one of them will have to fight again as well. Okay. Okay. 
and the next? I was saying that to our our viewers so mm-hmm. they know that know. we had the, because it's ten. The bracket is a little weird, but uh, some people will have to fight twice. I know they don't know, and that you know that they should know. And um, what's our uh, what's the next our- one? Me and Bob don't know these this time around, do we? Know what? The, the next... I mean, I've already forgot if you yeah, told us, yeah. so... <laughs> I, didn't t- I didn't tell you what they were. Okay. I just told you... I just said what the movies would be. Okay, here we go. Only I have the keys to the kingdom. Key face over here. Mm-hmm. So, the next one is... The Exorcist. Ooh. 1973 versus... Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Oh. 1968 68 an old one of the older if not he's the oldest one on the list like the the grandfather of what I would say is modern horror yeah that's an opinion of course so gentlemen you write this down what do you want to start with exorcist yes yeah, so that's what Coleman said first okay 1973, directed by William Friedkin, based on The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. It's a book? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, $12 million budget, box office. You want to take a guess? 480. 441. That was really close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick. Um, we're unsure if that's adjusted for inflation or not. Uh, it doesn't note that it is. Because twelve is kind of a lot, considering Texas Chainsaw was in seventy four and was only seven hundred thousand, but adjusted for inflation was twelve. So, I'm thinking maybe it is adjusted. That's true. Well, this is yeah, hard to say. Um. Okay. So, the plot of The Exorcist, and I want to say that this plot is kind of run of the mill now, at least in yeah. some cases, the whole devil possession. But this was one of the first movies to uh, really do it and do it well, I think. Uh, at least in my eyes. Um, does someone want to briefly discuss the plot? Sure. Um, I thought you'd read the Wikipedia description just because it's probably a little bit cleaner and like more concise. It's still kind of lengthy. Catholic priest is on an archaeological dig in mm-hmm. Iraq. One does. Finds an amulet that resembles the statue of Pazuzu, an ancient demon. Now that I think about it, that whole beginning thing is kind of weird. It doesn't really fit. bear any significance. It <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah. Uh, like, they could have just started with the priest coming to the house. They could have started there. Yeah. Right. I think they were trying to add some, like, Bad exotic move. mystique. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the movie takes place in Georgetown. Maryland? D.C.? D.C.? Oh, so, yeah, that was kind of right. Uh, 12-year-old girl, Reagan, is possessed by... Presumably. Pazuzu. Presumably. After playing with a Ouija board, she contacts this demon, and then things get a little kooky. <laughs> this is seriously just like every like modern movie now. I mean, yeah. Like, but... so many movies have, like, people playing with Luigi boards and then getting... Like, Veronica? Oh, that one's Like, creepy. the Ouija movie? Like, True. Yeah, like you know, getting possessed. Possession Weggie. is a hot is a hot one. Everyone likes the Weggy board. What what um, what decade was the uh, Satanic Panic? Was that the eighties? I think so. Yeah, maybe. 
Okay. I don't know. I think it's still going on it's, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it really had a, a, a heavy steam. Uh, I would say it. I want to say kind of died off in the late '90s. Anyway, so things or get kind of crazy early. in the house while this girl is possessed, and you've probably seen one of the famous scenes because mm-hmm. it's been parodied a lot. Yeah, more notably in Scary Movie two two or three peeing on the floor three uh just uh throwing up and then the flies and no i think it was scary movie one it yeah, may, i don't know one. but anyway scary movie three they do they do scream the big scene in the exorcist at least in my opinion is the head turning all the way around and throwing up yeah yeah so i i don't know the crucifix part crucifix okay part, yeah go. that's a little bit more good <laughs> that pretty is pretty crazy you want to talk about it yeah, <laughs> you thought you said it. I think I do. She fucks a crucifix. What do you mean? Like, can you, you explain? Know what fucking is no, it's no. Like can you that. explain like what happens? Was she was she do something with the crucifix? She, she, she puts put, it in herself. She puts it in her bathing suit area. Oh, <laughs> which in first? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things. Yeah, they used like like. Pea soup and I re- yeah, I oatmeal. Re- yeah, for the throw up. Yeah, and it looks crazy. Uh, there's <laughs> o- they also talked about I I recently um, did some research on it, and they were talking about how they like made the entire room ice cold so that they would have like the breath and stuff like that. And all that the actor had playing um, Reagan was that nightgown, so it was constantly being like so cold. But then the um the lights would heat up something so they'd have to turn off the lights and then re re cool yeah, the, the room. lights back then holly like hollywood lights back then were hot yeah it was just like crazy and then like all the Still stuff and and a lot of the stuff around the um production of the film or after the film came out it was talking about women a woman who had a miscarriage while watching it people throwing up in the idol aisles and they like had like ambulances outside of certain movie theaters that were waiting for people to like pass out when they saw the movie and stuff like that. Adding to the like effect of the movie being this like crazy thing that was so real looking and like based on a true story, just like the way like Chainsaw Massacre was, where like it's kind of like I think that adds the guy to the who film. died watching Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it definitely is intense. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out, what, one year before Texas Chainsaw, and they are different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They are both shocking, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think Exorcist relies a little bit more on the shock factor, while Texas Chainsaw relies a little bit, a little bit more on the gore type mm-hmm. and, in like, kind of disregard for human life factor. Yeah. Um but yeah, the first time I saw it, I'm trying to, I wasn't, I can't remember how old I was. And I've seen it a few times, you know, some in passing and some in actually like watching it. And I still think it holds up pretty well. Um, it's shot very well. Oh, for sure. Yes. I agree with all of that. I think its weakest part is the plot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little bit of shaky plot, but I mean, if you compare, hypothetically, a devil possession wouldn't really have 
like a straight linear plot. You know, things kind of go crazy all no, the time. No, I mean the devil possession as a whole. As a whole, yeah. is just like, come on. Yeah, but it was like one of the first movies to do that. But still, like, give him a break. Come on, it's not about who did it first; what? it's about who did it right. Drake, I'm gonna <laughs> okay. Well, I gotta go. Um, it's effective visually. Soundtrack is great. Mm-hmm. It's it's got scary parts, but I think, like, same thing with like a haunted house movie. Like, it's. It's not a real thing. Like slasher movies, like that could happen. Like, yeah, like someone could, could actually grab a knife and start killing like, people. But like a devil possession, like that's what is. Whoa, that? there! You're walking on thin ice, there, buddy. What are you trying to say? It's just it's it's hard to find it scary because it's just like this is like a silly thing. I, can I guess, see that. especially I mean, like it, nowadays, yeah. It's just like your opinion, man. I guess. But like what? Like the true story. It's like oh, you, this like person was having like a. Uh, like a schizophrenic fit or something. Yeah. Like, well, like what would the actual the shit out of them and threw holy water on yeah. them? Yeah. Um, no, I guess that's a good point. Is maybe not necessarily believability, but like shock. There isn't the much of a of a. There's not much uh, s- substance there. Right. It's kind of like this girl is possessed and shit's about to get crazy. Whereas Texas Chainsaw is not only believable, but then you have kind of like it little bit of a linear story in texas chainsaw i know we keep talking well, there's about a that one, goal like, in texas chainsaw this the goal i guess is to like rid the pazuzu yeah well yeah but for if you think about the protagonist what's her name reagan right linda yeah. blair her her goal is to just fuck shit up i guess true or the devils captain howdy yeah Well, I don't know. I still, I still very enjoy the movie. I, I still yeah. think it holds up very well. I think it hold, it's shot well. It, the plot's kind of meh, but in this day and age, it's kind of hard to find something that hasn't been done. And it's the first thing to do it, or one of at least. Well. Yeah, very memorable. Yeah, uh, visuals. And oh, effects. for sure. Yeah. yeah, the stairs. I still love that. Like uh, the, you know, the scene of the priest outside the house and he's oh, like yeah. silhouetted. Also, what they use for the movie poster, but mm-hmm. it just looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, let's awesome. move on a little bit then. Yeah. All right. Night of the Living Dead. 1968. Oldest one on the list. Uh, George Romero. It's an independent movie at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I think he, like, for some reason, somebody, he, like, sold his car to, like, fund it and shit. Budget 114000 which I don't know if that's adjusted, because that seems like a lot for 1968. Yeah. Uh, Box office was thirty million. Um, I feel like that's adjusted because I remember I thought it was like shoestring budget. Oh no, for sure. Like, yeah, no, almost no money. Like, yeah. you know, you know, you got to think a lot of these older movies that were actually shot on film. A big part of the budget is just distrib- distribution, mm-hmm. okay. uh, because getting all those prints made and stuff. And as an independent film, yeah. You know. It says on the Wikipedia the film was completed in on a one hundred and fourteen thousand dollar budget and shot outside Pittsburgh, where it had its theatrical premiere on October first, nineteen sixty eight. The film grossed twelve million domestically and eighteen million international, earning over two hundred fifty times its budget. Yeah. So I think that is that is not adjusted for inflation. I think those are the, the actual numbers. Actual numbers. Let me yeah. let me get a second source on that. Yeah, give me a second opinion real quick. Can we crunch some numbers here? Um, uh, 12. 
It keeps saying 114,000, so... Um, Got a uh, calculator. Are you trying to adjust that for inflation now? Should I crunch that into $2018? Yeah. Because, let's see... I thought it was like a lot like less than that. I wanted I thought it was like thirty thousand dollars. I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean okay. especially for A being at the time and B it being an, an independent endeavor. So that's eight hundred and forty three thousand dollars nowadays. For, which for a full length movie is pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap. Though, you know, like I said, when you encounter when you talk about budget back then you got to think about film getting distribution takes such a a big chunk of that budget um especially if you're under an independent house so um i'm thinking a lot of that was was from distribution but i could be absolutely completely wrong and i I don't think anyone from the movie is a huge actor right it's like mostly um and I don't think they went. A lot of them didn't go on to do anything else either. Or nothing, well, nothing, did, n- nothing. Yeah, nothing like of note. I have mixed feelings about this movie. Yeah. One of them. One of my feelings is, or feelings is that like, okay, this was kind of really influential at its time. Yes. And I feel like I have to kind of give it um, props. Give it props for that. But on the other hand. I don't really like it that much. I'll agree. Yeah. I, I'd say it's things about it that are good. It Late 60s, it had a, a black lead. Mm-hmm. That's like... Crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. It, I mean, it really set... It set a standard for, like, horror movies, I think, mm-hmm. at the time. Like, gore and... That's what I'm looking for. Like, set precedent for, like what you would expect from a zombie movie yeah it was one of the first like versions of what a zombie would look like yeah yeah it wasn't the first zombie movie but at least in in my opinion it's one of the first movies that have shown or at least presented the idea of a zombie like as like a modern zombie yeah like as we see in every fucking movie yeah like decaying and like you know yeah coming up out the ground yeah um, it is a bit goofy. Yeah, it is kind of yeah. Goofy. And it's it's like one of those movies where I tell someone, yeah, you should watch this, but you know, take your time getting there. You know, like if you have something else on your list in terms <laughs> of a horror film, like you can wait to watch this one because it's kind of whatever. I saw this when I was probably maybe ten or so for yeah. the first time, and the scene where the daughter kills the mom with the trowel in the basement mm-hmm. that like hit me <laughs> i don't know why i mean it out is of, a pretty crazy scene just out of all the kills in the movie that yeah. one like stuck with me yeah and i think it's because like the mom sees the daughter and is like oh no like my baby and then yeah. the kid is just like yeah nope one thing it's and this is obviously not something that should be affecting it for me anyways and um the whole thing's in black and white mm-hmm. yeah and that is also a budget choice uh, right because it wasn't 
I, I remember thinking at the they time, like, oh, shot. this is like black and white before color, but it was yeah, no, 1968. Color was expensive. Um, yeah, a lot of independent people stayed doing black and white just because it was much cheaper. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like doesn't turn me off to it because I've watched lots of black and white movies and I don't have a problem with it. But for this one, for some reason, it bothers me and I don't know why. You could easily see the gore. You know, like I, I think for black and white movies, it's usually okay. But when you think about a horror movie, it's like part of it is that gore, that right. like bright red, or that like there's so much color and like visual feeling to a horror movie. And I feel like dampening that by maybe, or at least that might be the reason why is dampening it with black and white. You're like missing out on certain things that are are visually kind yeah. of hit you hard in a horror movie. Also, like. Some of the scenes of the zombies like eating bone, like limbs, and yeah. it doesn't. I'm like, this just looks like a guy like eating something in a field, yeah, like eating a sandwich. It's also, like I said, like it's goofy. Yeah, it's goofy. You know what's interesting though, and this maybe comes as a surprise to some people because it's a surprise to me. It's in the public domain. I did not know that. You can watch the entire thing on YouTube in 1080. It's totally oh. legal. Yeah. Apparently that's because there's some sort of credits error. They didn't actually put the copyright stuff in the credits, oh. and they've taken it to court and they lost. Damn, uh, it's in the public <laughs> domain. So that is you can cool. watch the entire Night of the Living Dead on HD in 1080 on YouTube. Just type Night of the Living Dead. So if you're curious and you've never seen it, I mean, just you know, it's an hour 35. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You could probably just click, you know jump through it and kind of get the gist if you if you are on a crunch it's last time i watched it was like seven years ago and i remember like getting kind of three-fourths of the way through and i'm like okay like yeah like wrap it up yeah it's definitely kind of slow Mm -hmm. but then again like i said i kind of have to like give it a nod because it kind of changed the genre in a lot of ways yeah and It it did so with very little uh you know not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Well, time to it, vote. I, <laughs> <laughs> say that again. Time to vote. Sorry. It's time. Oh, I mean, you, are you out to vote? I mean, do you have anything else you want to hash out? I mean, I feel like I know what everyone's going to vote. I don't think so. I think both of these movies are pretty uh, influential to horror in general, but also their respected like zombies or you know demon possession it kind of set the standard okay but i think one is much better and one did it way better yeah as far as setting the standards i think exorcist set the standard and is like still at the top of that yeah. list mm-hmm. night living dead set the standard and it's towards the bottom yeah. there's a lot of like people improved on it a lot mm-hmm. definitely and I feel like The Exorcist got a lot of that right first time around. Like it's really hard to improve oh, yeah. on demon possession movie. Right. Yeah. They like they they did it. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm voting Exorcist, among other things. I think I am voting Exorcist also. Child's Play three. <laughs> uh, no Exorcist. Yeah. Wow. Three way. Yes, baby. All right. That's the way we do it at the flock. Three way. That's pretty good. You know, so like I said before, Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre have to fight again this episode. Or this part. Let's move on to the third 
Third matchup. Okay. You guys ready for this? Yeah. This is a tough one. In my eyes. No, it's not that tough to me because I'm coming in here with a little bit of favoritism. We have Evil Dead 1981 versus The Thing 1982. Oh, this is a tough one for me. I'm keeping my poker face. This isn't a tough one for me. I will, I will, I will respect the process, but I, I'm already voting right now. Okay, uh, don't spoil it. I'm Evil voting Dead. Evil Dead. Shrek let's two. Let's. Okay, Evil Dead, 1981, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell. Uh, Groovy. It is a 400,000 budget, 29 million box office. Hmm. Evil Dead, a huge cult following oh yeah i would argue one of the bigger cult followings um up there with rocky horror if there was like little, top 10 pet shop horror top 10 cult followings of just any movie i would be it would be in the top 10 somewhere i think little pet shop of horrors little horny little horny pet shop little porny horror zone um <laughs> big, i do really like this big movie hair a lot I love it um and you know Evil Dead 2 isn't on this list, but that's a different discussion. Okay, um, I, I prefer Evil Dead 2. A lot of people do. A lot of people too. But I I think they're I think they're very different different movies. They are. <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> I promise I won't cook in. I pro- oh shit, he cooking. <laughs> well let's talk about Evil Dead. Um, the, the movie plot, that we're talking. The plot, because yeah. we got to keep doing yeah. that. I keep Let's almost go. forgetting. All right, five college students, they go on a vacation to an isolated cabin in the woods. They uh, run into some trouble when they go into the cellar and find a tape recorder with some magic uh, incantations. Stuff gets a little crazy. They, uh, how, do you, how do you sum up this plot easily? It's pretty wacky. You can't really. It's like part... Part demon, it's like a fever dream. Part demon possession, part... Like, Necronomicon, ne- right? Don't they find the book of Necronomicon? Yeah. It's pretty... Okay, Evil Dead is really wacky, and I, I that's part of the reason I love it. It's just like a clusterfuck of... I wouldn't say plot lines, but like there's a lot going on. It's literally just it, the embodiment of evil is taking over this entire area. Yeah, so like some people get possessed, some the woods themselves get possessed. Yeah. Like it's... It's just like a demonic situation. Mm-hmm. It it did spawn uh, sequels, multiple sequels, and a TV show and video game, which I really enjoyed. What video game? Uh, the Evil Dead video game for Xbox, I think. I don't. I don't think I ever played that. It's uh, a little bit of crossover right there. Mm. It was fun. Evil Dead Two is a remake of Evil Dead 1 uh, but with a higher budget and a little more comedic uh, content mm-hmm. groovy the the first one is definitely a more sincere attempt at horror mm-hmm. definitely more a uh, a more um, what's what I'm looking for here standard approach yes um, and they kind of threw out the rule book a little bit in Evil Dead 2 and kind of were like, let's let's explore this. It's just like shit's going on. Yeah. And our, our main protagonist, Ash. Ash. Catch Bruce him. Yeah. Pay Bruce Campbell. And he is trying to fucking stay alive. 
like what can you say about Evil Dead? Like it like if you haven't seen it, it's kinda hard to explain. I can I can say that there is a scene that maybe by that time standards people thought was fine and funny and wacky and is nowadays R word. Yeah, this yeah. is this is when the forest forces itself in a it's really hard. If you haven't seen the movie, if you've okay. seen the movie, well, you know what I'm talking I, I about. I think I can basically, talk about this. Basically, a, the forest rapes this girl. Right. And while it's happening, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, is this about to happen? Like, this is about to happen. Like, I, what? And basically, that's all I can say. I don't know. It's... I feel like we have to say something about that. It you you can't talk about Evil Dead without talking about that scene. Yeah. It's just um it's kind of icky. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. at at the time uh, for good reason, obviously. It's like I'm not like stoked that it's in there, yeah. but I mean there are many movies that have, you know, depictions, pretty graphic you know. depictions of sexual abuse, rapes, things of that nature. And um such as like uh, Last House on the Left has a very Mm-hmm. Um, graphic one um, which we won't be talking about that movie I don't think Are we, is that on there? I don't know we'll see we'll, we'll see there. but you can't talk about this movie without talking about that scene and while I don't think it's obviously it's a work of fantasy a tree couldn't really do that um, I don't think it's needed yeah I, I do th- think sh- there are shock so- value I, yeah it definitely adds shock value and I think you know if that movie were to come out today, it would kind of oh. get some backlash for that because 100%. I don't think while the horror genre is supposed to explore the things that maybe scare or terrify people, I don't think that sexual abuse necessarily has maybe not, I don't want to say it doesn't have a place in horror, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not a fan it, I'm not a fan. I think it has a place in horror because it is exploring the fucking worst parts of people. Yeah. Something about it being the forest and like tree and a tree and vines seems to downplay it in a way to me. Right, but I mean, it's still just. I mean, it, it, you know, oh no, yeah. it's still just as bad. It's just I think that for whatever the reason that was included, we felt the need to include that. Obviously, the world is becoming terrible. Obviously, that is. I can see why they put it in there. Yeah. I just don't think it's necessarily pivotal to the whole movie. Not at all. But it, it, it seems to be, whenever I talk about it, I feel like that is the one of the main things people bring up. Yeah, because it's like, yeah. that's like, it's you know, shocking. I don't want to be like joking about it, but that's probably the only movie that exists where a, a tree rapes yeah. somebody. Yeah. At least in present memory. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think... <laughs> or something even in that realm of as crazy and as disgusting at the same time yeah it's and it's not funny at all um and i don't i don't want it to come off that like we're not like we're poking fun i don't think we are i I just you know i just want to be very clear like we have a lot of we have a good time on this podcast but you know i think we all stand firmly against um you know what am i trying to say i don't know Uh, back let's back it up a sec I just I don't I don't want to tiptoe around this. Obviously, it's an important thing you have to talk about when you talk about this movie, and um, we did we did, and 
<laughs> it's not much else we can say. Not much else we can up. say, and it's not you know we're uh, maybe kidding around a little bit here, but it is serious. I mean, anytime a movie decides to put something like that in a movie, it, it's kind of a a big deal. Yeah, and I th- yeah, like I said, I think at the time it obviously wasn't taken as such a big deal. Um, yeah, different climate back in the sixties. I mean. I'm sure people. This is '80s, right? I'm sorry, uh, I'm tired. But even no, but even then, it it was like it was like still messed up. But I think not only is that huge, like that messed up, but it's like so fantastical in a way that the force would be doing that. That it kind of, like I said, it downplays the act itself. Right, right. And then here we are in 2018, and like if a movie tried to do that now, people would be like, no, yeah, for good reason. But you know, I don't think. You can't be discussing the film and overlook this. And yeah, that's how no, yeah, you can't glaze over it. Um, I agree. I don't like that scene. Yeah, I, I think it's fucking weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. We 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 kind of just repeat ourselves a bunch, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, what's the next next one? Next, is that it? Wait, <laughs> Evil yeah. De- Evil Dead versus the thing. The thing. The thing. The thing. Let's the hear thing, it. a 1982 John Carpenter's masterpiece. Yeah, um, I think I can take this one. Basically, well, the movie it, it's based on a, a John Campbell novel under the same name called "Who Goes There." Basically, uh, there is a team that's stationed in the Antarctic, and they are. As you can imagine, uh, very well secluded from civilization. In the beginning of the movie, there is this dog running, and um, there is a foreign team that is also stationed down there that is chasing down this dog. Norwegian. Norwegian, and they're trying to kill this dog. And things go awry, and there's a language barrier, and they don't really know like why the Norwegian team was trying to kill this this dog and they were chasing with a helicopter trying to shoot it. They bring the dog into their their town in their encampment and they're all Americans and they're having a good time and things start getting weird. Yep. And that's because the dog is not a dog. Though it looks like a dog. It's a dog. It just has parasites. No, because the dog like explodes open. Yeah, but... But, like, it knows to... It's my understanding that the parasite knows to keep impersonating a dog. Oh. I thought all along that the parasite was something that was, like... Uh, the parasite is, in my eyes, sentient and knows when it should and should not show itself. Yeah. Yes. So, the, those, of course. the parasite is in the dog, and it knows to keep acting like no. a dog. It's not in the dog. It is the dog. Yes. Yes. Oh. It is oh. the dog. Okay. Right, because as soon as it gets alone, it then does okay. its thing. And that's the really the genius of the movie, I think. Because it's one thing to have an infected dog that's like starts biting people. But the fact that the virus itself becomes that organism, yeah. That shit is insane. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Do we want to get some background how much money and all that jazz? Uh Fifteen million dollar budget, nineteen point six million at the box office. Was not a big box office success. It was a flop when it released. Very negative reviews. 
described as instant junk, a wretched excess, and proposed as the most hated film of all time. Wow, we need to get a poster up here. Um, I've been, I have it in my Amazon. I don't want to. I don't want to pull any punches here. The Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I think I should just come forward and say that just to be fair. It's brave of you. Um, so I love The Thing. Yeah, I do too. Yes, I For a lot of reasons. Uh, practical effects, pretty good. Amazing. The first scene where that like weird bubblegum looking like alien thing comes out of the dog base, or the, it shows itself. Yeah. The first time you see The Thing, you're just like, what the fuck? And like, and it kind of takes different forms, though. That's that's yeah. what, that's the beauty about it. Is it it every time it transfers to a new uh, host, it kind of can choose to augment itself in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like when it's just the head, that scene, that whole shit is just like still in my head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting like chilled thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and and again for the time, that shit was crazy. Um, the scene with the blood tests. Mm-hmm. Dude, oh, that's see. This is where that part that that part fucked me up because they're like cutting their hands. Yeah. I'm like, yo, just get it from somewhere out. Like, don't put it in your palm of your hand. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> okay, like you don't can't use your hand. There's so many movies and from all different types of genres where they cut their hand. Sidebar: when they cut <laughs> their hand on their palm, that is the worst place <laughs> to cut your hand. Yeah. Not only does it hurt like fuck because your hand has like, it's just so tender, but you have to then think about that healing and you constantly you can't use grabbing stuff. And- Yo, one of the stupid one of, shit. Yo, this is like one of the most unpleasant things I can think of is to <laughs> go ahead and say it for everyone. <laughs> open your hand, take a double edged knife uh-huh. and put the blade flat on your palm. Close your hand over the blade. Oh, yeah. And then pull the blade out. It's like one of the Ooh. worst feelings that I can imagine. Yeah. I, I thought you were just going to say squeeze it, but when you say pull it, now that's going to hurt. Close it and hold it tight and then pull it. They don't do that in the thing, but they do take blood with their it's fucking close hands. close enough. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the reason I fuck with the things so much is because movies where either you don't see the monster, but more importantly, when it's a... Monster is involved, but it becomes a human versus human thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes man versus man. It's so much more intense and it's so much more real in that sense. Because in real life, if you were in that situation, I know I joked about it a bunch on something recently, but when it when the real monster is humans, that's when it like shit gets real. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's well, why I like it so much. Yeah, and Kurt Russell's in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty big Kurt Russell fan. He's uh, Wilford Brimley's in it. Yo, that's the best part. That's one of the yeah. best parts about the thing yeah. is Wilford Brimley is in it. Yeah. Wilford Brimley, I have diabetes. Right? Yeah. Like, people who don't even know, like, Wilford Brimley was, like, an actual actor and was in uh, Cocoon and The Thing, they're like, oh, the diabetes guy. Yeah. And to me, that makes the movie even better. <laughs> Um, I know that's kind of stupid, but I love it. Um, the the absolute like feeling of cabin fever that you get mm-hmm. kind of reminds me a lot of Alien. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see a lot of similarities in the two movies. Well, they are both aliens, mm-hmm. right? And would you flamethrowers? Would you count that as a shortcoming of the movie? How it's similar to Alien? No, no, no. Like 
the cabin fever? The alien ship when they like find the alien ship. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of. I feel like they could have done without all of that. Yeah, yeah, they could have definitely cut that. And to me, it seems a little. I don't want to say cliche or like corny. Maybe I think it. it I don't think I think it adds to the suspense because you know some shit's gonna happen, but you're waiting for it. You're trying okay. to see how it I think the develops. mystery of yeah, not knowing where it came from is better. Would like be better. If the opening of the movie, you don't see the ship crash, mm-hmm. and then they don't. If you don't know the the source of whatever this is, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have made it. I think it's better. A lot more suspenseful. Yeah, because you're like, sense. where the fuck did it come from? Knowing it's an alien, yeah. being like, okay, something is up. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the whole alien ship bit is like whatever. Uh, I think it would be better if they didn't have it. Like I said, because it would make it even more um, intense. Yeah. Um, they get picked off one by one, like a lot of movies. That's a common. That's a common trope. Yeah. Um, you know. And then, as soon as someone gets picked off and they come back around, they start saying like where they were and shit like that, or like they think someone's dead or no. gone. No, go ahead. Sorry. But then, like any at that point, anyone can be. You know, as soon as you leave the company of someone, the next time you see them, they could be. They this just don't trust thing. anyone. The paranoia. The, 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 the paranoia. The cabin fever. You really, you know, the first time I saw this movie, I was pretty like, like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. And I saw it for the first time pretty late in life. Late in life, 26. Um, Three weeks. Later in life. I think I saw it the first time when I was like 19. Mm -hmm. And the first time I saw it, like, when the credits were, I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. And then I found myself, like, thinking about it a lot days after the fact. And I watched it again. And I was like, yo, this movie's fucking tight. Yeah. Um, sure, it has its flaws, as does any movies, but um, very few, in my opinion. I definitely ride for the thing, and yeah. I, I, I'm trying to come in here and be not biased, but I just there's no way I could talk about the thing and then not seem like I'm yeah. really into it. Like not, nothing beats them all taking the blood test sample, and every time they like drop the blood or whatever like that it's or like the whole that whole scene when they're like most of them are together and doing it you're just like sitting on the edge of your seat i remember i watched that movie a few times but the last time i did i was like casually watching it but when that scene comes on i immediately am just like fixated like watching and like that's another thing about the movies you're always at least for me you're watching their body language you're watching how they react to one another and you're like trying to pick out who it could be and like you, you you look for the slightest like mess up someone can make. What's even crazier is like <laughs> I'm looking on IMDb plot keywords: Antarctica, paranoia, isolation. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Check check check. Um, and I mean we we glaze over it briefly, but the practical effects are great. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the scene that I always. Uh, forget about until I watch the movie is when he's like doing the autopsy and he's doing the autopsy and he fucking puts his hands in the stomach chomps his hands oh yeah and how the the life form can like take it whatever form it wants yeah like it can just like modify the human body yeah like the first time I saw that scene I was like wait what like holy shit that was that's some good stuff and and by the end of the movie this life form is just like Oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to destroy this place and then I'm just going to freeze until the next person finds me. Right. And like yeah, I'll be they fine. Yeah, dormant. Yeah. Cuz it's it's was dormant for what 100,000 years yeah. prior to that. And then this and then 
I forget who's the last guy alive or the last two, and he's just like, I have to fucking kill this thing before it destroys everything, even if it means I die. Like, I need to save future so i yeah i like the ending where it's an ambiguous ending like that because both yeah. of them are alive and you can't like they there's no they don't flat out say if mm-hmm. if either of them are the thing or which one is the yeah. thing or i think you i think i remember i saw something a long time ago about where it, it, they like got all the notes and everything and figured out who it was i can't remember off the top of my head though which i don't really feel like i want to go look right for the answer i, I think i just want to like watch it again and figure it out for myself um, or just leave it ambiguous because it's so good the way it ends like that. The best part of the movie is Kurt Russell playing chess master. He's dumping his <laughs> rum and coke in. <laughs> he just like, what's so funny is like, he gets mad at the chess master and then just breaks it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, you're in the middle of nowhere. Like, you just broke probably a pretty expensive piece of equipment and you're not getting a new one anytime. Yeah. Also, okay, something to take into consideration for me personally between this and Evil Dead this movie it has a prequel sequel mm-hmm. which was awful yeah you talking about the remake the remake it's a prequel the 2011 one yeah it's, I didn't see it thankfully it's, it's basically the same movie but from the Norwegian side yeah mm-hmm. and it, oh, it ends with the dog running off okay you know that sounds like a good idea I'm mad they fucked it up yeah it was so bad kind of a lot to live up to and then the Evil Dead sequel is so good yeah um just um, it's not really a sequel is it it is it is isn't it's weird it is <laughs> it's yeah i mean that's also a sequel that's a remake what's interesting about both these movies is they're they both have very large cult followings yes. and they both yes. teamed up each other you guys ready to vote i think i'm ready to vote i think i'm ready to vote and it may come as no surprise but i'm voting the thing just because i fucking love that movie if it was Evil Dead 2, I'd say Evil Dead 2, but it's not, so I'm saying the thing. I'm saying the thing, too. Wow. I think Another the, 3-0. I think, the, I think Evil Dead is good for what it is, and it has some good parts, but at the same time, even though it isn't as comedy as uh, Evil Dead 2, there is too much. There's like just enough that... Also, the thing is perfect. I love the thing. Yeah. And I think that it's just like the perfect horror movie. What's also interesting... Well, you know, not even interesting, but, you know... Keep an eye on Evil Dead 2. There may be something in the future. Oh, don't get too ahead of ourselves, Coleman. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Friday the 13th. Okay. 1980 versus The Shining 1980, which is interesting that they both came out the same year and they got they got uh, teamed up. So who would like to open the discussion? I guess we'll talk about Friday the 13th first. Mm-hmm. Do we? Dude, you know what's crazy? What? Both of them came out in May. Really? Wow. That's kind of... May is a weird release date for uh, Friday the 13th, like a slasher. <clears throat> like two weeks apart. A, that was a hefty, hefty theater month. <sighs> Dewey, you look like you got something to say. I don't have... I don't want to do this one. Why? It's a hard one. Really? You think? Um, Bob, do you want to give us some background on any of these? Friday the 13th, 1980 American slasher film, produced by Sean S. Cunningham. Why'd you say produced? Because that was the first line of the <laughs> I was saying, like, why did you say directed by? <laughs> uh, it was produced and directed by him. It had a budget of 
thousand dollars box office of fifty nine point eight million. Yeah, it's the first independent film of its kind to secure uh, distribution in the U.S. by a major studio. So it was independent, and then they they filmed it, and then it got picked up. Yes, it got picked up by Paramount and Warner Brothers International. What was the original budget? Five hundred and fifty. Pretty big budget for an independent, yeah. Especially independent. in 1980, yeah. Yeah, but it's. it's I think that kind of disqualifies more. it, actually. No. <laughs> um. So this is the one that everybody knows. Everybody's seen Friday the Thirteenth. I feel like so we can probably divulge into some of the details a little bit, which we have been doing. But it's a pretty good movie yeah um this is like the first teen slasher or at least the most modern teen slasher that you think of when you think of a people just getting killed Mm -hmm. no rhyme or reason these kids are out of the camp which i think there is rhyme and reason on why they're getting killed they're exploring each other's bodies exactly boom you don't ever want to do that shit this is one of the this is an interesting movie that really drove home the the if you have sex you're gonna die yes whether or not you want to look into that super deep or not it's uh, i want to look into that the first kill on on the first kill i believe is when two people are are going at it yep um in the uh, in the pool house or the upstairs oh is that that one yeah i'm thinking it's like 19 it starts off and it's like 1950 and then two people are Making love upstairs. Oh, I was talking about no, I the, think the, the flash forward. That's not the first kill, though. Which, who's the first kill? The first kill is the... Uh, uh, technically, that is, it's not a kill. It's a death. No, it's the hitchhiker. This is the first kill. <sighs> Maybe I need to watch well, it. Let me look at the plot. After being dropped off, Annie hitches another ride from an unseen person who chases her into the wood and slashes her throat. Yeah, that's... No, but I'm talking oh. about even before that, they have a beginning part where it, it starts off in the past in like 1950s and th- these two people are hooking up and then someone comes in and kills them and then it's like Friday the 13th and then it flash forwards to present day oh okay so technically Sean S. Cunningham actually the, the first director. kill that's what I said I'm just letting you know man thank you I mean this movie set a lot of the things that you see in modern movies in motion uh, especially when it comes to f- slasher films, like like you said, if you have sex, you're gonna die. Also, the appearance of one of the most popular Halloween costumes. No, yeah. the, the, ski, the ski mask. No. no, he wasn't in that. Remember, there's no ski mask. In the Friday the Thirteenth, you never see the killer until the very end, and then it turns out it's Jason's mom who's been killing them. And I don't think there's a ski mask. Oh there's yes, never a ski excuse mask. me, excuse me. I'm sorry. I always do this. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, it turns that's the big twist at the end is that it turns out to be Jason's mom who's killing them, and she's killing them because a long, long time ago her son drowned camp, because at Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, because two counselors were going at it. Yeah, and now uh, she blames them. They also they have sex in a storage barn. I mean, yeah, it was in a house upstairs at the very beginning. In the summer of 1958, yeah. Camp Crystal Lake, okay. two counselors named Barry and Claudette sneak away from the campfire to have sex in a storage They barn. die within the first five minutes, and then it's never talked about again. So, 
It also we talked about it on a regular episode. The best scene at the end when you think that she's totally fine, and then out of the water springs Jason, and yeah. then she wakes up in the hospital, and they're like, "I didn't see nothing in that lake." And it's like the police officer, or whatever, like that. That lake's been drained for forty years. <laughs> yeah, I first time I saw this, I was under the impression that so the meta of Friday Thirteenth and the ski mask and all that is so strong. That when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Oh, it's that guy yeah. doing it." It makes sense. And I got, I got twisted myself. The twist yeah. got me. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's crazy, Mrs. Voorhees. But it's in- kind of a, it's a really interesting twist. And it's funny that the first movie is so wildly different from all the others. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, that's when Jason starts coming with the mask. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, some of my favorite kills were in this movie, especially the one where dude's laying in bed and then the de- the fucking knife comes piercing through his chest while he's laying down because Jason's underneath the bed. Are you only in it for the kills? No, but that's a big part. Also, kind of crazy that Miss Voorhees is like so good, insanely strong. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Strong. Well, she's got the pure rage of a dead kin. Well, yeah, she's. In the last scene when they're fighting on the beach and shit like that, they're going at it. Yeah, and it also introduces the um, the the kooky guy who comes around and is like, "You don't want to go up there," unless that was Pet Cemetery came out before that. Uh, Pet Cemetery's after. Okay, or at least that's the first time where I remember it. And he, Pet Cemetery was eighty nine. And what's his face? Is he's like. You don't yeah. want to go down that. Yeah, it's road. like that's bu- that's camp. Bl- we call that camp blood, and like the whole like as soon as what's her face shows up to the um, the town, um, everyone when she's like, hey, where's Cram-? like what's which where's way to camp camp Crystal Lake, and everyone just like stops and puts on what they're doing. Like, oh, you're going there because apparently there's people who die there all the time. All right, do you want to move on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think what else we can say about Friday the 13th. Um, it's also a, it's usually, a, it can be a day in a, month, in a month, you know, when the 13th falls on the Friday. This is where this that superstition stemmed from. People saw this movie and... That's yeah, what I've heard, yeah. Is it? <laughs> Dude, Coleman just got got. No, I said, is it like joking? You know, here, there's an article here on, hold on a second, um, 17 bloody facts about Friday the 13th. That's fair. Uh, number one, the, the original inspiration was Halloween. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Cunningham says he was very influenced by the structure of Carpenter's film. Uh, the film was being advertised before it even had financing. The screenwriter had a different title in mind. Um, the orig- the working title that the screenwriter Victor Miller wanted was Long Night at Camp Blood. That's a bad name. <laughs> That's a terrible yeah. name. Long Night at Camp But how good is the cover art also? So sick. Like the silhouette. Very yeah. 80s. It's just, it's so good. Um, I'm not going to read all of them because they're not all that good. Uh, the camp used for filming is still oper- inoperational. It's actually Camp Nobi Bosco, a fully operational camp that was cast and crew were granted access to after campers left for the summer in 79. Um, Kevin Bacon was not the film's biggest star at the time of shooting. 
Oh, damn. Though he's without question the biggest name in the movie now, Kevin Bacon hadn't done much prior to Friday the 13th, apart from things like a small role in Animal House. The film's biggest name was Harry Crosby, son of then-recently-deceased legendary singer Bing, Bing Crosby, Crosby, who played Bill. Bill Crosby. <laughs> Shelley Winters was the first choice for Miss Mrs. Voorhees. Oh my God, Why is that I so hate funny? you. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. Bob Crosby. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, That's an actual... Sorry. Several crew, member, crew members played the killer before Palmer was cast. So before they cast Mr. Mrs. Voorhees, even as filming got underway, Cunningham was still looking for an actress to play Mrs. Voorhees. So many of the early murder scenes were actually shot with Betsy Palmer, with, mem- with mem- without Betsy Palmer, with members of the crew standing in for the hands of the murderer. For example, when Annie's throat is cut in the film, special effect assistant Tez- Tezos Tezos Starvakis <laughs> is the one wheeling a knife. Interesting. Jason was just a regular kid in the first draft. Makes sense. In Victor Miller's original script, the character of Jason Voorhees was basically just a kid who accidentally drowned in Crystal Lake. But financer Philip Scuderi wanted something more and brought in screenwriter Ron Kurz for some rewrites. One of Kurz's most important contributions to the film was to transfer the tragic boy into a deformed child we see in the final movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. One actor was temporarily blinded by fake blood. Damn. Uh, it was actually Bill Crosby. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you fucking got me. It was Harry Crosby. He got fucking fake blood in his eye. Um, Kevin Bacon's iconic death took hours to film and almost didn't work. Thank God he's dead now. Um, obviously, the final scene wasn't supposed to be in the original script, which they just alluded to in the fucking first part. The screenwriter hates the sequels, apparently. Obviously, they're completely yeah. different movies. Let's move on to The Shining. All right, so everybody's favorite Kubrick film. I don't know, it's debatable. I'm just throwing some... Mm. I always forget how long The Shining is. Yeah. It's pretty long. It's almost two and a half hours, which is pretty long for a uh, thriller horror. Slow yeah. movie. It's very mm-hmm. slow. I mean, that whole they don't even get to the in the hotel until like 30 minutes in. Like, Yeah, but it's all building up to something great. Bob, tell us some history on this movie. All right. Uh, 1980, produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on... A Stephen King novel of the same name. Um, bah, 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 bah. Budget, $19 million. Box office, $4.4 million. So A flop. It didn't yeah. do as well as Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. A actually pretty big fucking flop. I did not know that. Now, obviously, a cult classic. Um, it even goes beyond cult classic. I mean, it's now considered a classic. Thank you. Not of the cult variety, but uh, people saw the error of their ways. You know, they were probably they were probably all seeing Friday the Thirteenth, right? But it, they didn't they in not invent the uh, that Steadicam? Wasn't that something they like kind of perfected um, for this film? You know, I can you guys talk about why I look up. Sure. On those shots where uh, Danny is riding around on the the yeah. big wheel. Mm-hmm. 
I think those steady cam shots were like they were using like proprietary stuff that they had built specifically for those scenes. The the cinematography in this movie is insane. So good. So good. The fact that it's also implemented in ways where um I think by the third scene of Danny riding around on the big wheel they mess with your head in a way if you're paying attention where he's riding on the first floor and then he turns a corner and he's on the second floor and then he like turns again and he's like in a different area. Yeah. So the inventor of the steady cam was the one who operated it on the film set and it was the first um I'll just read the beginning of the article. Once Stanley Kubrick became aware of Garrett Brown's steady cam invention in nineteen seventy four he couldn't wait to get his hands on one and play with it. Okay, that's kind of interesting way to phrase it. Um, while the opening sequence of Halloween was the first horror film to utilize the steady cam, The Shining took it even further, smoothly gliding the viewer through the halls and the treacherous hedge maze of the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. Kubrick even got Brown to operate the steady cam for the film, which was an honor and a major education for the steady inventor. Quote, unquote, I would have been happy to be on any of his movies, Brown says. Stanley moved the camera well and purposefully. This shining was an opportunity to bear down on technique that you wouldn't find anywhere else. That's where I learned to control the damn thing. So uh, Kubrick actually got the inventor to be the operator for it as well, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, hand it off to some, you know, like DP or something. Interesting. Yeah. I think the the cinematography alone makes me enjoy this movie because I think the Stephen King plot is not my favorite. Yeah. Um, the whole plot is a, is um is weird. Have you read the book? I've never read the book. I, I'm not I'm not a Stephen King fan. Yeah. Here's um, the thing. I saw someone recently criticizing this film, saying that they didn't like it. Because it devi- it de- de- it didn't derive from the book in a way they would prefer. It was way different. King's face looks weird. Yeah. And you know what I say to that? Fuck you. This movie is fucking amazing. So the, the reason Stanley Kubrick did that was very intentional, and I love the fact that he did that. Uh, I don't. I don't doubt Kubrick. I'm doubting. Stephen King. Oh, yeah. To that end, there's an article here saying that um, according to one of Kubrick's biographers, David Hughes, King wrote an entire draft of a screenplay for The Shining and Kubrick didn't even deem it worth a glance, which makes sense as he once called King's writing weak. Yep. Instead, Kubrick worked with Diane Johnson on the screenplay because he was a fan of her book, The Shadow Knows, and the two ended up spending 11 weeks working on the script. Apparently, though, Kubrick still called him to ask um, things about the plot, such as... Should Scatman be um, Stanley Kubrick called him at 7 in the morning to ask, I think stories of the supernatural are fundamentally optimistic, don't you? If there are ghosts, then that means we survive death. When King responded with the question of how the hell... How the yeah, hell it fit into that picture... Kubrick responded, I don't believe in hell. Um, apparently, Stephen King didn't like the movie. Uh, Q- I'm just reading like a 
the, the trivia section here on IMDb. Um, Kubrick wasn't there for the location shoots. He ref- didn't like flying or refused to leave England towards the end of his life. So a second crew headed to Glacier National Park in Montana where they filmed from a helicopter. Yeah. Um, room 217 was switched to room 237 at the request of the Timberline Lodge. Or was that... <laughs> Go ahead. Nothing. Anyone who's listening to this, if you like this film at all or are into conspiracy theories and things of the sort, please look up the film Room three, uh, 237. Yeah, it's a, a good film that they explore some of the conspiracy theories surrounding it. Documentary. Looking into some of the... The moon landing shit. Moon landing, how it was... Like how the room in the beginning... The office isn't like really part of the layout. Yeah, if you if like you, the room the room where he meets the director of the hotel is supposed to be in like another dimension. Yeah, like when he goes into that room, technically, if you watch it shot by shot, the window from the outside that's like obviously like way too bright is actually a wall from the other side because he's walking through um, a hallway where the elevators are, and then he goes around a corner and then he comes into the room. And if that was a real window, it would just be a window into where the elevator room is, like that hallway. There's a lot of there's there's scenes where he's typing up, and it will cut back to uh, Shelley Duvall, and then and then she'll say something, and it'll cut back to Stanley or um, Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, and a chair was in was like behind him um, in the first shot, and in the second shot, it's gone. And then it cuts back, and then it cuts back again, and the, then the chair's there again. There's like just weird stuff so like are, that. Are we are we assuming that these aren't continuity errors? And oh no, are, not at well, all. Well, yeah, there was, it's under the assumption that everything was intentional. Yeah, suspending disbelief on what goes on in a on a movie set that things get misplaced sometimes. Okay. Not even that. There's just so much <clears throat> random things, especially explored in that documentary where. Um, a lot of stuff apparently and Kubrick was like a stippler for like everything being like a specific way in every shot and like it's just interesting and I think that outside of the movie that adds a lot but even without all that stuff this movie is amazing so I've got a couple more little factoids let's go fire Um, them off at me the Overlook Hotel doesn't make sense spatially, which we already covered, mm-hmm. um, such as Ullman's office has a window to the outside, but there are rooms surrounding the office, making that window impossible. Um, that is the case for many of the windows in the film. They don't work in context. There is also a hallway in the Colorado Lounge that essentially appears out of nowhere. Um, the executive producer of The Shining, Jan Harlan, has stated that this was intentional. The interiors don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Those huge corridors and ballrooms couldn't fit inside. In fact, nothing makes sense. So, again, whether or not it was intentional or not, and they said it was intentional, but... So what is the... What's the the basis behind this these theories? Are they saying that, like... There's more, like, meaning in the film than So that. he's, like, dead the whole time? Oh, it's not or, really or that they, type of they, stuff. They, it's more of a, like... There's the plot of the movie and like yeah. how this like he's not dead the whole time but like the I guess the spirit of this whatever that's the haunting shine. yeah it's it's like taken over him and he kills Dan, he like tries to kill everyone that just like you know previous people who had okay. taken over the whole time. that's one thing but the whole other aspect is the way that psychologically and subliminally the movie messes with you 
in a way where you don't always see it right away. Okay. And like, there's specific shots where it's zooming in on the uh, other care, the caretaker. I forget the dude's name. Where he, he, it's the first part where he's doing the like the shining. Scatman Brothers. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. And it's zooming in on him, and there's like all these canned goods and everything like that but there's like a specific can that's turned with face forward out of all the other cans there's none but this one and it's and it, it says, has it says moon landing on it no it has it has a, a native american's face on it and then there's like specific lines in the movie that are like taken from old commercials about people polluting um the environment and like in the commercial there's a, cry- a crying native american on yeah. the side of the road the and like tier. yeah and it's like a specific quote from that commercial that's that shelly duvall says in a certain part and it's like little things like that where like the like it's un like you don't think about it until you like right. it, if you catch something you like constantly are thinking about it over and over again and like even if you don't catch something the first time and you don't catch it ever again, maybe somewhere subconsciously that is like driving you to like feel a certain way, you know, uneasiness and interesting. Yeah. Did you say the gross it was 4.4 million? 44. See, I misheard you. That's why I said it was a flop. Oh, I thought you said it was a flop because it did less than. No, no. I thought you said it made 4.4. It made 40. It ended up earning 47 million in the United States and was the top 10 highest grossing. Oh, in 1980. I misheard you. So sorry about that. Um, It did do well. You said because it was 44.4. So I just heard like a lot of fours. Oh, Um, four, four, (laughs) four. Apparently, the film took five years to make, which is a long time. Yeah. And 900 tons of salt were used. And the uh, what? the snow-covered hedge maze um, to create the elaborate wintry maze. It took a ton of salt, a lot of salt, and crushed styrofoam. Oh, man. Oh, the salt is snow? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Well, see, in the, in the novel, the, it ends much differently. Yeah. It burns down in the book. The hotel does spoiler alert i guess if you're thinking out reading the book mm-hmm. i don't know all right boys this place this this movie has a special place in my heart so does the other one right yeah i really like friday the 13th too well do you want to keep talking about it or should we make a should we make i mean choices? Should we i could go on and on about the subliminal okay well let's like go it is. i don't want to because i would rather leave that all to people who Let's, Watch that documentary. Let's step into judgment territory okay. and compare them. I would say uh, the Friday the 13th is more traditional. You think about in like a, a horror I, movie, I yeah. guess. I, I, I would say it's more influential. The Shining's a better movie, but it's Friday the 13th laid a lot of groundwork for modern slasher, horror movies. Modern yeah. slasher movies. I also think that maybe I would almost classify The Shining as like thriller, psychological, or when you think Friday the 13th is just straight up horror slasher. Yeah. Now, what that means for the bracket, I don't really know. I I do also think Shining is the better movie of the two. But I mean, that's also a symptom of a better director and a bigger budget. I mean... Yeah. And name name brand actors mm-hmm. 
and Scatman Crothers. Honestly, far and away, my favorite uh, appearance in the movie is Scatman Crothers. <laughs> Just because uh, his name is Scatman Crothers, I mean... Yeah. Are, are you... Uh, we used to hold conversation without me <laughs> Um, Do you know how you're going to vote? Yes, I do. Who wants to vote first? I could... Should we all write it down on a piece of paper? Keep it random? Um, well, I know how Dewey's going to vote. Someone has to vote Wait, first. One, one, one last comparison. Friday the 13th poster, way cooler than the Shining poster. Not, yeah, the, yeah, the I would face, say the face and the T. I would say so. Hold on a second. I mean, they're both good. What is what is this? Speci- I've seen so many shining posters that I don't. Oh yeah. no, 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 no! Because there's the face and the T, but then there's also the one of Jack Nicholson in the door. Yeah, that's a good one, and that one's pretty fucking good. The one with the T. I love that poster. Also, more than the I Friday like it. Thir- it just it doesn't doesn't convey what the movie is. Also, I don't. I love here's it more. Johnny, than, that was improvised. Apparently, he's watching. No, I'm just saying. Here's Johnny is like some shit where like, I think everyone sees the Jason mask and yada yada yada. But like, I feel like here's Johnny has been used in so many references in pop culture. That's true. That is true. Well, you know, Sal Bass made the Shining poster. He's made some of the greater posters of all time. I think that's why I'm such a Sal Bass head. Sal Bass. I just mean this one in particular. It's not of of. We gotta vote. I yeah. like it because it doesn't. <laughs> this, it doesn't this convey a, a lot about the movie. Like it kind of just. You're like, well, what is it about? It looks like an alien abduction film or something. Maybe you just have to watch and is find that out. What the subliminal stuff is. Yeah. All right, I'm. Hey, who's gonna vote about, first? Who's gonna it, vote it's first? It's from everything from uh, Native Americans to the Holocaust to the moon landing. Have you not like, seen it? The Shining? No. Oh, you should watch it. It only seems like your thing. Yeah, it's really. F- okay, I'm voting. I'm voting Shining. What are you voting? Goddamn! I guess I'm voting Shining too. I have to. Wow. I, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of on the fence because. Like you said, and this was something I was going to bring up after you guys voted, The Shining is not technically what I... uh, When I think of The Shining, I do put it in the horror category, but I feel like it's also very much more in the thriller. I don't think it's that scary, but to some people, they think it's very scary. Oh, yeah, So, you know, I guess it really comes down to scary is in the eye of the beholder. When When you see him starting to get unhinged, it's not even that it's, like, scary. It's just, like, dude... It's only a few more days. Like when they're playing out in the snow and he's just staring at them. Yeah. You're like, dude, this guy is fucking losing his shit. And then like shit starts going down. She finds the script where it's just him typing. Okay. So there you go. Friday the 13th loses out narrowly. Wait, <laughs> that was a three zero. So um, now we have to do some. We have to move up some some movies here. We have to talk about what's playing what. So, since this was a 10, an original 10 bracket, that means Texas Chainsaw is playing Hollow versus Halloween. Okay. And whoever wins that will play against The Thing. Um, and let's see. The Exorcist beat out Night of the Living Dead. So, Exorcist. Exorcist plays Alien. Alien. 
Wow. And um, The Shining will play whoever me- does that one. So let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Halloween, oh, 1970, the 1978 one, not the Rob Zombie one or the, 20, not. the 2018 one. Um, <laughs> Halloween or or Halloween or the new Halloween. Halloween or Halloween or Halloween. <laughs> so we've already talked. Oh my god, this cat is. I'm gonna fuck this cat up. <laughs> Uh, we've already talked extensively about Texas Chainsaw, so I think we mm-hmm. can let's just touch on Halloween and then we can compare. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee hurt us. Jamie Lee hurt me. She's. Did I say Janie Lee? Probably. Um. Okay. This is a 1978 John Carpenter movie. Uh, budget of 300 to 325. Million? Billion. <laughs> Box wow. office of 70 Hundred. I think that was one of the top scoring movies of... That year? 90, 78, yeah. At least highest grossing. And then budget budget, budget versus gross. There are 11 films in, in the, the series. In the, in yeah. the, does that include crossovers? Yes. Okay. So Halloween, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Myers, mm-hmm. gray face guy, always seems to be behind you. Leatherface. The ma- Le- no, the, no, the mask was actually a mask of Captain Kurt. Really? Yeah. Did they fuck it up at all? Or no, I think it was something about like. His, it was just not a good one. It was like a mask that was used for like the death of Captain Kirk or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's very expressionless and yeah, looks kind of weird. Yes. Um, Escape. He he. Is, the film opens with him, Michael My- Myers killing Michael his Miles. Michael Myers killing his sister, and then coming outside, and then he's apparently spent his whole life in a mental institution. Since then, gets out. And that's where the film kind of picks up and he starts killing teens. One of the more... Donkey. Um, you say donkey? Michael Myers. Okay, uh, gotcha. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Sha- I shag. Shagalistic. Um, Get say, in my belly. One of the more uh, <laughs> well, better known uh, theme soundtracks. Yeah. The- I would say if I would say if you had to play three horror film soundtracks that were the most popular, it would be in the top three. Yes, one hundred percent. Behind like Jaws, maybe if you would count that. But we're not talking about that because that's not a horror movie, and that's not on this list. Uh, the the Pumpkin Hill theme from Sonic Adventure Two, dude, nice. Uh, so let's let's do something different. We're gonna I'll beatbox and we can rap about this one. No, that doesn't sound good at all. Um, um whoa! Since this is a competition, yeah. Which movie has better kills, Halloween or Texas Chainsaw? Um, because I I'm kind of leaning towards Halloween, Halloween having more boring kills. Yeah, 
I do like oh, the actually, one yeah, where I guess he, they are more traditional. It's just like a knife. When he stabs the guy, he like lifts him up and then stabs him, and he's like still hang. He's like hanging on the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sick. I thought he impales him on something on the wall. No, he chokes him, or at least like brings his body up and then stabs him. I thought he impaled somebody against the wall on something hanging Maybe. from the wall. I'll look it up. I don't like the ending of Halloween. Yeah, it's kind of weak. Yeah, he does get it. Well, I mean, he gets away. They get away from Leatherface. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess their kills are a little bit more traditional, but I mean, some could argue that makes it scarier because it's more um, likely to happen to you in yeah. your life. Bob, what do you think about that? I do like the one where he kills the dude by um, stabbing him. I think I think it's the one. It's actually after he kills the dude by stabbing him and impaling him on the wall. And no, he, he doesn't impale him. Remember, I found out it doesn't happen. What do you mean? He stabs, stabs him, him. Sticks him into the wall. Oh, he does stick him to the wall. Yes. Okay, I thought you were talking about him hanging someone on the wall. Yeah, that's a different movie. He impales him with a knife. Yes. Okay. It's called a stab. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, guys? Whatever. I watched this movie, so. <laughs> I have too. I just it's hard to keep them all straight cuz there's so fucking many of them. How do you After, think how do you think about Jamie Lee Curtis? How, how do you do think I her think performance is in this movie? It's good. Do you think I mean, it's fine. I guess what I do you think her performance could have been feel like done by anybody? Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. specifically a Jamie Lee Curtis role. Well, yeah, definitely not. I don't think I mean anybody could have probably have done it because there's really very little like you what you just have to be scared. Well, also what that's one of her first mm-hmm. movies right mm-hmm. she, yeah I know her better by Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan but thank you um, came, but came no, no, no. October after, after he impales the guy within the wall with the knife that he stabbed him with <laughs> he goes upstairs with like a sheet over his head pretending to be a ghost and then he just stands there while like the girlfriend is like talking shit to him and like thinks since the guy not yeah she's like talking shit to him and stuff and he's just standing there not saying anything for like the longest time and like that's the one thing about michael myers is he never says anything i mean i feel like jason doesn't either but just the uneasiness of just like him just standing in the doorway not going after her just standing there i like that part mm-hmm. uh, i do agree that the fact that he gets away at the end is kind of annoying or doesn't die you know Well, did you get my beer? Oh, yeah. She's doing her nails. <laughs> cute, Bob. Real I'll cute. Take, yeah, Bob is the guy he just killed. He's standing in the doorway with the sheet over his head. He's standing there for so long. I know. Well, I'm going to call Lori. I want to know where Paul and Annie are. This is going nowhere. Oh, and then he strangles her while she's on the phone and her friend's listening. The phone, yeah. Oh, are you all right? Okay, yeah. Which is a weird <laughs> kill because he think he's a big knife guy, but yeah. he just used it to hang somebody up. So yeah, I, I think I know how I'm gonna vote. Yeah, okay. I, I think I know how I'm gonna vote as well. Okay, Bob. I don't know if this is gonna go over well or not, but Texas Chainsaw is my vote more more of a memorable movie i i i think halloween it's a good horror movie it's a good slasher movie but as far as like being memorable 
I think Friday the Thirteenth fills that role for like a slasher, like an early yeah. early slasher. And she's uh, excuse me, real quick, is Jamie Lee Curtis in the twenty eighteen one? Yes, I think she is. Yes, she's okay. also Michael's in H2- coming back. She's also in H two O. Yeah. Okay. So twenty. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to get that out. That's fine. Um, yeah, I think not that it's a bad movie. I just I think Texas Chainsaw is a better movie. Okay. Dewey. No. Coleman. No. Dewey. Yes. Coleman. I'm I'm the bracket commander over here. No, no, no. No, I want to be the deciding one this time. It's so hard for me. That's what she said. Because I love I love the soundtrack of fucking Halloween and just the him stalking her and then like disappearing when she like goes looking for him behind the hedge and stuff like that. Such an iconic scene. I might have to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. And the reason I say that is because of that scene when they're all around the table that the kills are better. Yep. It's so I know you like you talked about how like people were like joke like it's funny in some sense, but like also those people are out of their fucking minds and that's more unsettling than like most of the Yeah, I mean Halloween know. is just one guy. Yeah. Just like ambiguously standing. I'm voting Halloween. Okay. Uh, not well, that it matters, it doesn't but matter. yeah. I think it's more classic. Yeah, really. I, I I just find myself if some I'm thinking, which would I rather watch right now? I'd rather watch Halloween than Texas Chainsaw. Well, it's personally, shorter, I think that's not something to do with it. <laughs> which one's shorter? That's a good motivator <laughs> for me. I don't okay, so hour and a half unfortunately, long. Halloween gets axed, or should I say knifed? <laughs> right on the be- right here on its first appearance in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre moves up even further to the semifinal for this bracket. Um, now, here's the next one. It's going to be kind of a doozy. For, uh, well, I don't know. It depends on who you are. Um, the Alien, 1979, versus The Exorcist, 1973. Actually, it's just Alien. What did I say? The, the alien. Did I say the alien? Yeah. Sorry. You actually said the alien. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the fucking alien. high as shit because I'm reading all these things. It's okay. I wrote alien on the paper. I it just it. says alien. I will second. Uh, I will be. I will give you the receipts of. I also just saw that he wrote just alien. Um. So, the alien. <laughs> alien versus exorcist. Okay. The exorcist. Alien, we have- the exorcist. <laughs> much better than Alien versus Predator I'll tell you that much so one demented girl goes after <laughs> Xenomorph <laughs> so how are we feeling right your now your mother sucks cocks in space <laughs> no one can hear that <laughs> your, your mother sucks cocks in, in space. space that's pretty good um <laughs> um Alien is a 1979 film directed by Ridley Scott. Budget nine to eleven million. Box office nine to eleven. That's what it says. Nine eleven. Follow the money. Jet fuel. Box office. Get this. A hundred and four to two hundred and three million. That's quite a range. Yeah. You'd be able to figure <laughs> that out. Like, yeah, I don't know. We're still trying. They're still adding up the money. 
It's either it's a lot nine of to eleven million, and then it made uh, either one hundred million or <laughs> twice that much. <laughs> We're still counting the rolls of pennies. Well, I'm not going to pull any punches here. You know, it was uh, harder to keep records back then. Yeah, I think I should say right away that Alien is one of my favorite movies of all time. So hey, there's a poster hanging I, right above Bob's head. I think I should not. I think I will reclu- uh, recuse myself from this voting. I mean, it's one of. Oh my God! Two times in a row. Just kidding, guys. It's probably my favorite movie, also. Um, dude, the face huggers when they cut it, and then the poisonous blood. So they realize, oh, we can't fucking kill this thing. Also, yeah. the pure tension of skulking around the ship and not knowing where the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean H.R. Geiger, his his design. H.R. Geiger counter. Geiger. H.R. Geiger. His his design of like. The alien and sand. The, I mean, it's just there's so much. Also, the effects are so good. The effects are really good, but it's it's a I lot of it's more. a lot of subliminal stuff that's that's like snuck in there. Yeah, like the face hugger. It's it's supposed to represent like Christianity, a, a forcible like oral rape. Yeah. Oh my god. Like the 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 alien eggs were originally you know they had the four. The four yeah. little flaps that open. It was just two that opened, like looking like vaginal. Mm-hmm. But they thought that was a little too much, so they toned it down. No, put our it resident off. alien I historian. I mean, the, the xenomorph head is is phallic. Like, there's it's yeah. everything has sexual undertones, and it's supposed to like put they, they. He was trying to make male viewers feel uncomfortable. I by mean, it. it is kind of horny. I'll yeah. put more jelly on yeah, the uh, So, Like having the lead be a woman and, and just like all of these things that they, they thought would be threatening to male viewers and like just make them feel more yeah. more uncomfortable. So basically, if you think Alien is a scary movie, you're a bigot. What? Huh? <laughs> I think it's the other way around. If you like Alien, you're a bigot. Wait. Wait, if you, that's dislike, what I mean. if you dislike Alien, that means that you are a bigot. Racist. Yes. Wait. Um, sure, why not? Let's so just put it all out. We there. already talked about Exorcist. I could, we could do a whole episode on Alien. I mean, and in fact, just, I think we should. Yeah, just a whole podcast. Um, so uh, after this is done, let's just stick around. and <laughs> Another three hours. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to vote right now, but I don't want to do a disservice to actual discussion that we could be having. Yeah. Personally, I think Alien is the much stronger movie here. I um, think I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, horror or not, it's yeah. like amazing. It just it it has that that sterile feel, like uneasy feeling as soon yeah. as it opens. It's that futuristic, like everything's clean and like nice at the for the most part. And like as soon as it opens, you're like introduced to all these like weird technical technical. Uh, technological advances that you don't know anything about and you know it's a horror movie you know it has something to do with aliens because you saw you bought a ticket to the movie just Alien. the whole tone of the movie because everything's so like like you said sterile and it the movie gets so much you know power outages aside the movie gets so much darker yeah as it goes on yeah. and, and interesting it, and i feel like it does a good job of not making it feel like it's out of place because at the end of the day all these people on the ship are blue collared like workers just in the future right they're not heroes they're they're i mean they're even the ship design it's all 
like that kind of retro futuristic look. Yeah. It's, it's a mining ship. It's yeah. like, it's not, uh, you know, they're not explorers. They're just, yeah. they're workers. They're just there to do their job and then, you know, shit happens. God. Dude, <laughs> Dude so Alien's good. so fucking good. I wish I wish I could watch it again for the first time. Yeah, like, dude. I remember the first time I watched it, and I mean, you you even now, I feel like it's hard to miss. Like most of these movies, it's hard to miss or go into a movie and not be like, oh, I saw this and uh, like be nodded to in pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. But even then, it's just like when i think i saw like space balls before i saw this and didn't they have a thing where the uh, something pops out oh of yeah, the, yeah the chest buster yeah and it's like hello my baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 but even even after watching that and then watching alien for the first time after that it was still like jesus christ and like the guy just dies there it's not you know it's funny uh according to wikipedia the design of the chest buster yeah was inspired by Francis Bacon's 1944 painting, Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion. Um, Geiger's original design, which was refined, resembled a plucked chicken. Mm. Yeah, I heard about, like, that when they did that scene, it was, like, almost like, I think they got it in one take, but it was, like, fucking up the first time, and that's why you see the, like, bit of red, and then it, like, busts out. Like that, I think it. I that scene is the first time I saw it. I mean, I saw this movie when I was in when I was like eight years old. I think yeah. when it originally came young. out. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's from '79. My mistake. <laughs> but I, mean, I saw it was there on day one. <laughs> no, I mean I saw it just like insanely too young to like seeing anything like that and oh, yeah. still it was just like first time I saw it, I think I saw it on like TV like an edited version no I don't think it was that edited but okay. you know I had commercials and stuff so that kind of took away from the yeah it took you out of suspense. it suspense yeah the man and then it just runs away and it's like music will be only like the like, next commercial break and I'm like oh okay you, I wonder what happens you know that in space no one can hear you scream because sound yes. waves don't travel and also it says it in the space in the yeah 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 whatever all right you know what let's vote we don't need to prolong this alien 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 okay so shit's good boom semi-finals for the first side of the bracket yeah so as it lines up right now we have texas I just wrote Texas. I didn't write the whole thing just because it's easier to do I that. I mean, I would hope so. Texas versus versus Thing. <laughs> so, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus The Thing. Mm-hmm. And then we have Alien versus The Shining. And this we is didn't just even a, talk about Exorcist at all during that. We don't need to. I mean, we yeah. talked about Exorcist earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we are in the semifinal round for the left side of the bracket. The whole right side of the bracket will be the next episode, and then, of course, the finale will be its own episode where we talk about each film a little bit more in depth, I think. Yeah. Would be... Well, the one's going to head-to-head, right? Yeah, the final final. Yeah. Um. So, what do we want to talk about first? Texas Chainsaw versus The Thing or Alien versus The Shining? We just talked about Alien, so let's go to the other side. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know it. You love it. It's one again. It's on. It's on a two-zero hot streak. Yeah. Versus John Carpenter's The Thing. Damn. Now, very different movies, but at their core, 
are both designed to shake you down. Yeah. Mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally, um, emotionally, biblically, Beyblade. You know, we don't really need to be talking about them that much at this point. Yeah. What's there to say about them? That has already been said. said. I mean, do we need to? (laughs) Let's just vote. I mean, can we? I don't know. I feel like we can say a little bit. I I think, I mean, should we vote and then explain why we're voting that way? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm voting The Thing. Okay. Because I enjoy that movie more, first and foremost. Two, I think it's scarier. Um, I find myself getting chills watching that now, even more so than Texas Chainsaw. I mean, I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw in a few years. I've seen the sh- the thing more recently, but even now, I still get like when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects are insane, like the head, the fucking dog splitting open, the fucking hands in the chest mm-hmm. chomp. I love it all. I love this movie. I'm voting the thing. Done next yeah i mean honestly if i had a choice of watching either of them right now i'd lean towards the thing doesn't matter what you vote do we but just do it anyway mm. i i love texas chainsaw massacre because uh, like we said before or i said before it's un it's it's uneasy it's fucking freaky thinking about these inbred motherfuckers who are torturing you and you're going to die and it's just how long they can fuck with you and cut your hand and let grandpa suck on the blood or like he does look so much like a corpse in that yeah he he (laughs) feel like that guy's dead as fuck and he's just like yeah because she she goes up into the uh the attic at first and it's literally just an empty room with the grandpa and like the dead grandma that's like literally like a skeleton that's like decomposing dead grandma and it's just like I, the the kill where he gets hit in the head with a hammer and convulsing, she gets stuck on the hook, shit like that. It's fucking crazy. Just the inside of the house where it's just littered in bones. Here, here's the thing that I think is a big difference is that in scary movies where you just have uh, quote unquote normal people just killing other people, yeah, that's scary. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're like, oh, that's just like people killing people. Yeah. What's so scary about the thing is. I think is the sense of tension that the movie naturally builds. Yeah. And then eventually it's just flat out people just fucking running around. Like yeah. Complete disarray. And and like I said, it be it doesn't become human versus alien or a thing. It becomes like everybody for themselves. Yeah, because you could you can start going after anyone at that point because you don't know. Which makes everyone a suspect except for yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that just adds more to it. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just. The thing is just amazing. It, just it, in the plot itself. the way, and, and then when you factor in the practical effects. The way they do everything. The suspenseful blood scene. Everything about it. It just. It killed. Kurt him. Russell. Kurt. When you factor in Kurt Russell. When <laughs> you. Wilford Brimley, hello. Hello, are you treasure? Okay, so, um, and of course, and this goes without saying, these are our opinions. So, what we really want to hear is from everybody else, because, I mean, unfortunately, we can't include every single fucking movie that was ever a a horror movie, but, um, um, okay, moving on. 
And I'm upset because it's it's really getting down to the nitty gritty here. Like yeah. the movies that I all I really like. Um, the thing has moved on to the final round for the left side of the bracket, and now we have to pick between Alien and The Shining, which surprisingly isn't that hard of a decision for me to make, especially given our previous conversation. Um, while I do think that The Shining was stronger than Friday the 13th, I don't think it's stronger than Alien. Um, in some respects, I think Shining um, has a lot of dull parts. Um, it is a slow burn. <laughs> yeah, um, dull. It's not That's funny. It's not like super terrifying. And there, like the old lady scene is kind of was. <laughs> yeah. Um, one would argue that uh, Stanley Kubrick did that type of thing to make the rest of the movie. He would mix it up and have a very almost funny scene and then immediately jump cut to something fucking crazy because it gets you off balance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just some guy at the end of the day. Debatable. That's true. Like, I already feel like I'm going to vote for Alien, but I, I'm trying to be like... It's hard. I'm trying to be objective here I because I really love Alien and I really love The Shining and I really love The Thing. Um, it's just like... What do I think fits the bill better? This, this side of the bracket sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's just everything's fucking good. I, I don't really know what to say except I'm gonna vote Alien. I think it's scarier. I think it exemplifies better what a horror movie should be. And as we said before, I think Shining is more psychological. Yeah, for a horror movie bracket, which this is, this isn't a good movies bracket. I think I gotta lean. I gotta lean harder on Alien for this one. Show your bias because check your bias. Bias, you've been checked at the door. <laughs> We're inside the no bias zone. <laughs> Welcome to the no spin zone. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to give negatives for The Shining. That would be, that would put in the jeopardy its original decision over Friday the Thirteenth. The Shining is definitely a stronger movie than Friday the Thirteenth yeah. for different reasons than I would pick the Alien over the Shining. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not saying The Shining is a bad movie. I'm no, just, of course I'm, not. I it's just, a great movie. I personally prefer Alien. Yeah, I think the litmus test we're using here is what would I feel like watching right now? <laughs> you know, like but it's not a it's not a what would I watch right now bracket. It's a horror movie. Yeah, bracket. I know, but that's like in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, okay, which one's scarier? Which one would I rather watch right now? You're right. I got to stop using that. Actually, I mean, Alien scared the shit out of me when I first saw yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think the first time I watched it, there was a bunch of scenes where you know I was like watching through my fingers. I'm voting alien. I, I think I gotta do that too. Do we? What do you guys say? <laughs> what do I have to say? <laughs> You're really gonna ask me that right now. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We can keep going. Alien. Okay. <sighs> sorry, sorry, Stanley. So it, I, I mean, so sorry, fan of the show or listener, Stanley. <laughs> Stan, so, sorry, Stan. I call him Stan. Sorry, QB. Um, yeah. I, I mean, really at the end of the day it is a horror movie bracket and if I was going to be very strict on my voting which I have to be for this it is more of a psychological thriller play with us Dewey 
So here's the thing that I don't think anybody wants <laughs> to have kidding, to pick guys. is that this is the final this is the final left side of the bracket. Yeah. So this is who's decides the final. Alien versus the thing. And you know, I was worried this might happen. Not necessarily these movies in particular, but a, a situation uh, a situation in which I would have to pick between two movies that I absolutely love. Both of them. Which do you love more? I don't know. I don't know which one I like more. Uh, uh, equal? Equal amounts? <laughs> I don't know where to begin with this. I like the one with the alien. Okay, chair. <laughs> I don't have... You brought me this chair... This is all I've got. You get your own. I yeah, but then you guys complain every time I bring that up. <laughs> Pop, leave this in. I want them to hear it at home. I get this stupid chair. The fucking thing falls off every. The, the armrest on the left side falls off at least ten times an episode. <laughs> it's crackety. I need fucking, a new chair. The comedic timing of that armrest falling off. I need off. a fucking new chair. <laughs> yeah, just kept a whole bunch of chairs. Yeah, now. <laughs> All right. Alien versus the thing. This sucks. Yeah, I'm voting. I call voting last on this one. It doesn't matter what you vote if you vote last. Well, what if one of you votes one way and one What if I'm the tiebreaker? I have a feeling Bob and I are voting the same thing. Voga de Debo. I don't know, though. Voga de Debo. I'm Voga Debo. I'm Voga Debo. Yeah, for this one, I'm voting Debo, I think. <laughs> Uh, I'm voting Soby Lifewater. Uh, okay, so two, two alien movies, sort of. Yes, one is more really a par- alien parasite. Still an alien, yes. life. alien life form. Whatever. Two Alf movies. How about we just land a random number generator pick? No, <sighs> two Alf movies. <laughs> That's what it stands for. <laughs> Thank God we have our Alf poster up here. It's over there, but it, we have it. Yeah, we need it's to be framed. Up. Oh, Gordon. Okay, Bob. What would you, what what do you got for us? I mean, I need I need some new categories to to compare these on because I feel like we've gone we've gone through. Which one is scarier? Scarier. The Shining. Because now at the this shining. point we're <laughs> I was like, wait we're we're back here. <laughs> at this point we're 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 splitting hairs and saying you know what what horror means to each of us. Yeah. You know, I, at, at its core, I'd say horror is meant to scare. Mm-hmm. At least that's, I would say, one of the characteristics. Um, f- to frighten would be also the same thing as scare. That's true. I'm come up with any more. I'm trying to think which of these two scares me more. I mean, obviously, they don't scare me as much as when I first saw them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I would say definitely gives me more chills now than Alien, but I do think alien is the better movie than the thing but that the thing is just because i think alien is better doesn't mean it's the right choice yeah i'm kind of feeling the same way so it's it's alien it's it's tense in a way and it's it's like kind of scary but the thing has like the that level of paranoia that it makes you feel like that doesn't really happen in in Alien. Yeah. You want to know what really is making me I vote think, the way I am? I think I'm going to vote Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Oh my god. Bad. Wild card. 
directed by Daniel Espinosa. The um, difference, go ahead. The difference between Alien and The Thing, in The Alien, you know exactly what you're fighting. Yes. You know what you're looking for. Yes. You know what's going to come and get you. You've seen it. Or maybe you haven't. No. You haven't, but you know that there's an alien. You know what it... You know that... It's going to look like that thing that just came out of that guy's stomach, but maybe bigger. Mm-hmm. The thing, you are fighting everyone. Not only that is that it takes different forms. forms. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you don't know what you're fighting. Yeah, which, I, get, I get what you're saying. In my, in my opinion... Which makes it scarier. Which, that's what makes it scarier for me. That's what makes it more tense. Because if you saw the if you saw the xenomorph barreling around the corner, you're like, "Fuck, that is scary." Like I'm turning around and going the other yeah, way. Yeah, you have a, a solid thing to be afraid of. But in every scene in the thing, you unless you're in like you just you ha- you as the viewer don't even get to see everything, so you don't know. Right. Yeah, because there's things going on in that movie that I mean, like any movie, but like things going on when the camera's not trained on the yeah. computer, you're like. You know, someone could be getting fucked over, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I don't know where he is," but yeah. like that could be the fucking guy. Yeah, I, I think, I think the thing has a stronger ending. Yeah, than definitely, Alien. definitely. Yeah, like I as like well as there's end. only been is there a second thing? Wasn't there a shitty? There was a shitty, prequel, prequel remake. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that's a point in its favor, really. That that there's only one the thing but the second alien movie is real good too and yes. we gotta yeah. remember we're talking about these movies and not what happens after that's true, that's, like true. That. that's true uh i like i like the ambiguous ending i like it's a darker ending because they both die yeah i mean kind of doesn't matter who's the thing at the end because they're both dead yeah but the thing could have won in the end well, it's implied the, that they die, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I mean they they don't escape. They're not You're right. There's no. Well, I mean, the over. thing is, they decide like we need to make sure none of us leave because that's the better option, you know. Yeah. Like, well, they destroy. The o- well, they're, they're pretty much saying the only way we can ensure this doesn't like get back to civilization is to make sure none of us leave here. Even though I know I'm not the thing, right? You know. I gotta kill everybody else, you know. Yeah. Just to, even if I, even if I think they may not be infected, like it's too big of a risk. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, the thing about the end of the the thing is, there's only two of them left. They both die, but if you think about it, one of them could be the thing, and that doesn't make if both of them technically die, the thing still exists. The thing still exists. The thing is still just gonna it's gonna happen in a few. It'll freeze. Years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the alien, the alien ending, like out of the airlock. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it works for the movie, but I feel like it's kind of the like what you would expect for that movie to end. Yeah, like. I'm voting thing. <sighs> and though it pains me to do so, I'm voting thing. All right. Well, I'm gonna put some pressure on Dewey. I'm gonna say alien just because I still can't not vote for alien. So make a break here. Here. Wow, you did. You, you know, he did that shit. Uh, Bob has a contract. He's legally not allowed to vote against aliens. Yeah, I've got a, Ridley Scott is my uh, second uncle. Oh, I, w- <laughs> I wish. And he made me sign these papers. I have them on me right now. He said, "If I ever do a podcast where I compare <laughs> movies, uh, wait, 
Do we? The thing. Do we? Oh! I can't. I. It's so hard. And I want to watch Alien right now so bad. Let's go to Target and we'll get it. Actually, Target. I have a, a download. Yeah. I, down I do too. Target. You have a download? Yeah. I like the Target. Ever heard of Tor? The thing has won the left side of the bracket. This has been Bracket Boys, the horror bracket, part one. Oh uh, be sure God. to check out part two, which will, you know, TBA. Uh, no, which will be coming out briefly after this one, in which we tackle 10 more other movies. And then the third, part three, will be. The Thing versus TBA. Oh, I love or, TBA. Or I guess TBD to be determined. Okay. Because we haven't done that bracket yet. Um, in TBA, when he kills the guy with the knife and he stabs him and he sticks him in the wall. If you've stuck around for this long, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, and I guess we'll see in the other episodes. For the Flock Podcast, I'm Coleman. I'm Dewey. And Bob. See you on the next episode. Spooky. Bye. Bye.